Tonight's episode of the Tuesday Night Cigar Club is brought to you by Drew Estate. Come experience the rebirth of cigars at www.drewestate.com and download the free Drew Diplomat smartphone app today to discover nearby retailers, RSVP to special events, redeem points to win exclusive Drew Estate merchandise, and much, much more. Brothers and sisters of the leaf, coming to you live from deep, and I mean deep in the bush, it's the Tuesday Night Cigar Club Podcast. Tonight the boys explore 1989 surprisingly wonderful and highly topical cannibal women in the avocado jungle of death while smoking the Amazon Basin Orellana cigar paired with pint after pint of Shingu Brazilian beer. It's the first show of the new year. And what better way to kick things off than with Shannon Tweed and Adrian Barbeau wearing jungle bikinis? God damn, this sounds like it's going to be a fun one. So sit back, folks, light them up, and enjoy the show. Happy New Year's, friends. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Uh, since we didn't get a chance to see each other over the holidays... Uh, my family thanks you, Tut, for respecting the restraining order. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought I'd bring y'all's Christmas presents here to the Corner of No Hope so you can open them live on the air. So I, our, I can't believe you did this. I thought we were not doing Christmas. Well, I... You guys do a lot throughout the year, and I just wanted to say thank you. So, uh... That's awesome. Dig in. All right. Both of cool. you guys, come on. Yeah. What is this? What? Okay, yeah. 3PO. I like 3PO. What'd you get, Yax? I got a little Han Solo. Uh, yeah. A little Han Solo and Leia. Yeah. What'd you get? Who's your other guy? And a, a, a Zori. A Zori. Is that from the new one? That is from I, the I new one. I have not seen the new one. And a and what'd bag you get? of nuts. You guys got some nuts. Bag of, bag of nuts. Some nuts. Yeah. yeah. What do you think? I know that's you guys. Bag of, of pecans. I know you guys are big Star Wars fans, so I thought you. I saw these and I thought you would. Uh, I thought you just like them. They're little figures and they look. The little legs come out and they light up. Huh? You push the button on the back and they they light up. See? This, this this has made exclusively for McDonald's. Did are these your kids' Happy Meal toys? Huh? Um, I think I, I remember you. Telling me that you 
receive like a thing of assorted nuts for for Christmas? You 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 gave us pecans. Yeah. They're literally this is Texas. They are everywhere. They are lying on the gra- I can walk outside right now and just pick up pecans. That's you couldn't give us I don't know. This little says to Kate from Granny. Yes, it does. Did you regift us nuts? You regifted us pecans. I mean, I, I picked up the nuts from the nut store that I thought you two would most enjoy. Nut store? The nut store. Nut store. It's in uh, in Austin. It's one of those trendy new places, the nut store. Yeah, yeah. Am I in some kind of trouble here? No. Do I need to talk to my lawyer? No. no. So it's all right. It's all good. Let me just uh, put this back in the bag. Did you hear about the lawyer who refused to represent you two in court? No. He didn't want to work pro bono. Pro bono? I'm glad you guys liked your presents. Oh, Todd already (laughs) got rid of his. Are you too good for toys and, and nuts? It's more than I got for Christmas. You, you got nuts for Christmas. Boy, this backfired. <laughs> uh, well, next next show you guys can bring me your presents and show me how much cooler gift givers you are than me. Okay. Feel free to snack on those nuts during the show if you get hungry. I actually, I probably will. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. It's the thought that counts. Merry Christmas, boys. Merry Christmas. Welcome, everybody, to the Tuesday Night Cigar Club, episode 109. Our first show of 2020, baby. 2020. The, the, the deafening silence upon <laughs> that. I was going to say 2020, and you still, still haven't learned that still. your voice fades when you talk to Cody. Uh, we'll get just, this. Just processing we'll get this the, right one of these days, won't <laughs> we? Processing the gift. Two, wait, what, what episode are we on? We're on 109. Can you believe that? Wow. You might want to fact check that. I might get it wrong. I, I believe 108 was at Roma Craft at the end of the year. Yeah, yeah. And we sobered up yesterday. Uh, uh, good times. No. Yeah, it was good times. Yeah. It's always good times with Skip, Mike, and uh, man, Sean making us those wonderful drinks. It, it was a great. It was a oh great. Oh my episode. god, that, whatever he made, I can't remember what he called it, but that was awesome. I can't, it really was. I can't remember much of that night, but uh, it's right there on YouTube if you guys want to go check it out. And it was actually a great episode. We talked a lot about. Yeah. Uh, the controversial year-end cigar reviews that all of us numb nuts in the cigar media pull up, put, put out. Uh, yeah, yeah. And a lot of other, as uh, they call it, inside baseball, inside the cigar industry, juicy stuff. And uh, we also talked about the Irishman. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, it was a great show. It was a really yeah. fun show. But we're back at doing what we do best. We are nestled in here to what do we do every episode, Yaks? We have a delicious, or hopefully delicious, premium cigar. Oh, yeah. Paired with a hopefully delicious craft beer. I'm on it. And then we review a hopefully watchable film. Hopefully watchable. Sometimes not. Sometimes not, but we make the best of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm very, very intrigued to get you guys' take on tonight's film. It was not the type of film I envisioned when I started watching it. Right. Uh, but here we are. So we'll get back, we'll get to that in a minute. Real quick, I do uh, want to take... On. Yeah. I got a couple of things I want to say. All right, look. You go to McDonald's, especially over the holidays, you go a lot. You get a lot of the same toys. I just thought you guys might 
like them. I'm sorry. Well, I will tell you how to remedy this. If you want to buy something cheap, go to our website. <laughs> click on the Amazon banner. Go to Amazon. Buy something cheap there. Something from you know from China or whatever. Give it to your friends. Even that's then, better uh, what Cade got us. <laughs> Sometimes. And, uh, you know, it helps us keep the lights on. Also, uh, if you're going to do buy some cigars, anything that you see featured here, uh, I'm not sure whether this is on. Yes, yeah, sure. On? You can get on Famous. Cool. I'm going to tell so, you later how much it is on Famous. There you go. So click on the banner. Uh, if you spend 100 bucks, type in the t- uh, code TNCC20. Save 20 bucks on it. That's all. That's basically like 20% off. It is exactly 20% off, Tut. Also, uh, hey, if you want to find out what uh, Drew Estate's got going on, click on the Drew Estate banner and welcome to a new advertiser. That's where I was going. Oh. We're in sync. Hey, five years and we're finally in sync. Finally getting it. Welcome. J.C. Newman Cigar Company, our newest advertiser on the podcast. Yo! Go to our website, click on the J.C. Newman Cigar Company uh, link. They're the oldest cigar company in America. Oldest. We featured a cigar last year that they made, the Black Diamond. The Black Diamond. And they also have a cigar that I hope to feature this year, the American, which is one of the few cigars made with all American tobaccos. Okay. I believe believe it also includes some of our friend Jeff down in Florida's FSG tobacco. I believe you're correct. Um be embarrassing if I wasn't. <laughs> uh, but no, uh, they contacted us and they wanted mm-hmm. to get on board. Uh, it's always nice when we don't go out. Please, more advertising. More advertising. No, they came to us. They want to be a part of what we this do. This crazy train. Good We're on. Good them. on you. Welcome aboard. I like it. I like it too. You know, we're talking very positively about a cigar company. There's been a lot of negative uh, news out there in the cigar world this last week. Uh, a lot. Tons. Uh, basically, folks, every summer there's the biggest trade show in the cigar industry. Uh, for years it was the IPCPR, is the or- trade organization that represents uh, brick and mortar and kind of the industry as a whole. Um, as far as uh, lobbying efforts, as far as uh, just it, they're the biggest representative force for the uh, cigar and pipe and um, I think they do just cigars and pipes primarily. Yeah, yeah. Well, they cleared that up by changing their name last year from IPCPR to PCA. Okay. Pipe Cigar Association. That's pretty simple. It's pretty cut and dry. I know exactly what they are now. Well, we went to their convention two summers ago. Yes. 2018 in Vegas. An worked amazing for, time. Worked for Drew Estate. Vegas will never be the same. Mind blown at the size of this convention. Uh, we saw firsthand working in the Drew Estate booth for four, four straight days. Yes. Yes. What Drew Estate brought to the party, they pretty much provided the atmosphere, the center showpiece. Uh, they constructed this huge water tower in the middle of this convention center. Their music was the music for the... Good job. 109 episodes. I don't think that's ever that's happened. the first time that's ever happened. Mark that that's down. It's a huge watch. It was the watch. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, First, you authentic replica. Hold on, let me see how far into the show that happened. Uh, it's 9.58.25 according to the Life Clock one. Uh, we'll, we'll clean that up later. 109. <laughs> Let's hope that's not an omen of things to come tonight. That totally is. It totally is. Uh, but it was just an amazing experience going to the trade show. Uh, everyone who's anyone is there from manufacturers 
um, primarily manufacturers with brick and mortar mom and pop shops coming in to make their yearly orders, lots of discounts. Uh, the online retailer, everyone who's anyone was there. Yeah. And, and us. And us. Yes. <laughs> um, so the big news is this year, it was announced about a week ago, that the four largest cigar uh, manufacturers that North America, including Drew Estate, have chosen not to attend this year. Um, they released a statement saying some things they were disappointed in PCA, some things that PCA was not, they felt was not servicing their contributions, you know, whether it be monetarily or focus, their focus yeah. in the right direction, and they chose this year not to attend. That's a That was a huge yeah. fucking deal. Because we've seen exactly how much business they do at that, yeah. that show. Yeah, so that was, I believe it was Altidus, uh, Drew Estate. Davidoff. Uh, Davidoff one of them? Mm-hmm. Okay. They called it the Big Four. They're, they're called they the Big Four. They're the, the, literally the four largest. Uh, General... And in General Cigar Company, who is actually makes CAOs, which is our cigar tonight. Uh, they're not going. They got issues with the way PCA is is being run, yeah. and their their mission is not being geared the way they feel it should be. So they're they're out. That was about twenty thousand square feet of space that disappeared. It's a lot yeah. of money, uh, or roughly. I'm, I'm just. So yeah, that I read happened. on. I read on Half Wheel. Uh, it's about eighteen percent of the entire show revenue. That's gone with their sponsors. Then a few days later, Famous Smoke Shop, our sponsor, wrote a very eloquent letter explaining why they're not going. Which basically they felt the PCA made a concerted effort in an effort to supposedly benefit. Uh, the brick and mortar mom and pop shops on the corner to hurt online sales, which is famous as bread and butter. Yeah. And how can we go there and show support to an organization that we've supported for many years, but we felt took now actions to which directly were in line with hurting our business. Yeah. So they're out. Um, so it has been a very dramatic week in the world of the cigar industry. It's been fun to watch, fun to read. I like reading all the personalities. Uh, everyone has an opinion. Uh, and boy, Abe, are they writing an open letter to the community about this. Uh, Abe uh, from Smokin uh, down in Florida wrote, a, I thought, a very good kind of peace pipe piece today about unity and how you know this is just kind of tearing tearing everyone, the, the industry apart. We all got to kind of... Why can't we all just get along? Otherwise, we're all do. You know, if we don't get on the same page, we're all going to be fucked. If we don't stand together, we shall surely fall, fall apart. Fall apart. Um, but it's been, it's just been crazy. I, boy, he also mentioned a lot of things about you know choosing sides. You got to be careful who you choose sides with in this battle. Yeah, uh, I just want to direct this at the consumers. Uh, for all you bandwagoners who are loyally following your brand, I'm like. That's not very peaceful, man. Yeah, it was kind of for the but, consumer that basically supports the entire industry. It was kind of a mixed, uh, you know. I didn't know what I felt about that. Peace, love, but if you're doing this, yeah. Uh, yeah but overall, I thought it was, you know, it was it was the most kind of. Come on, guys, we we've got to find a way for our own self survival to, to find a way to work together here. Everyone's got their own, you know, whether it's you know the theories that certain companies are wanting, you know, to take over the market share. But if PCA goes away without our money, then that's just more opportunities for us to make more money. Uh, a lot of the little guys are looking at the big guys as these predator 
uh, you know, companies. Uh, I kind of wish uh, I could get a hold of Fritz and be like, hey, can you do a cover of Anarchy in the UK for me? <laughs> Okay. That's kind of what's going on with the. Uh, it's it's really it's I've never in you know the ten years of being an avid cigar smoker and an avid reader of cigar meat I've never seen things this chaotic and I this just kind of up in the air. I were basically watching Rome burn. Uh, I love it. Why do you love it? Um. Well, I thought it was interesting because like when the when the big four made their announcement before Famous pulled out. Uh, so the big four make their announcement. And then I'm watching uh, people comment on it, and some of these people have expressed the same grievances as what the Big Four did. They're like, you know, the ROIs on it. Every time we go there, it gets more expensive and more expensive. Oh, sure. We're locked into their union guys. We're locked into their prices for banners. It was like, it was like, it was like over ten grand to get a guy on a, la- a crane to put up your banner over right. your thing. Yeah. And it's like. And some of these guys had little booths. They're like, we could put up our own band. Like, no, no, you got to use the union, the Vegas guys. Exactly. And they're just kind of getting extorted. I mean, these prices were out, just out of the blow-your-brain box crazy. And so yeah. I was laughing because, you know, the moment the big four, the, I mean, these are big companies. These are these are the big companies of the industry. The moment they made their decision to pull out, I could see the marketing savviness of some of some people they were like oh this is an easy way for me to differentiate myself to my consumer base you know what they can do theirs but you know the little guys we're going to stick together and we, it needs to be about harmony and unity in the yeah, cigar industry which the little guys never got along and I'm like huh okay well I mean that's cool you go go ahead and do that then Famous does their thing and they like pull out and then it's kind of like just all hand let's eat on each other well all the brick and mortar guys are like it's not fair Fam- a place like Famous Smoke Shop, you order your cigars out of state. I'm getting taxed my my state tobacco tax, but people, you know, I'm in I'm in New Hampshire. I've got like a seven percent uh, cigar tax, blah blah blah. But the guy down the street can order it from Famous, and he doesn't get that tax. He's no. putting me out of business. He's doing this this. My my comment to that is that's the only real thing in this that I'm having a real hard time with these these yeah. these, these these locally owned shops. Saying you know that they're competing. Well, with, to me, that's a legitimate. That's a legitimate with, complaint. No, I say it's bullshit. Because here's the thing: an online retailer like Famous or Cigars International or a lot of the bigger ones, and the mom pop shops. If you're a mom pop shop and you're bitching about online cigars taking your business, you're not doing your mom and pop shop right. You're not engaging with your customers. You're not introducing your customers to new things. Yeah. You're not stepping up and being a tobacconist. You're not stepping up and giving offering them a lounge experience. But that's but that's a different that's a different type of thing though. That I mean that's a different service in terms of just strictly sales on a cigar. cigar yeah, but if you're cigar, if you're a cigar a lounge bit, and you're bitching about online cigars running oh, out of I, business, you're in the wrong business because you're not handling your business. I actually way. agree with you. Uh, it's just that when you go cigar purchase to cigar purchase, brick and mortar compared to online, yeah, they are at a disadvantage. Sure. But what you're saying is where I think that they have the advantage. I bought more I bought more cigars from brick and mortar last year than I did from online sales. You want to give that uh, brick and mortar a shout yeah. out? Smokers Abbey, Cedar Park, Texas. There you go. Uh, because you try new stuff. I like the guys. I like I like that it's family owned. They 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 go out of the way to make people feel great when they walk in. I guarantee the you the atmosphere when they're smoking. And a lot of times I don't even smoke in the lounge because I have to get back home and yeah. you know do the family thing. 
but when I do, I love it there. It's a great atmosphere, and I I want to support these guys. And now he'll have some fresh pecans to give to those family members. <laughs> exactly. This is who's Kate? Who's Granny? <laughs> uh, love you, Granny. <laughs> so yeah, and to your to your point, they they do. You know, they they've got more weapons I, than than the online store. That I they guarantee can bring you, to bear. Smokers Abbey isn't sitting around bitching about famous smoke shop. Because they see guys like you and a dozen more like you and probably two dozen more like you walk in every day. They ask you, how you doing? What are you in the mood for? Let's show you some new stuff. Have a seat. They... My guys actually do the opposite because I'm such an introvert. I don't want people well, up they, in my face. But they've learned that about they've you. They've learned that about me. They're, they, If there's something new in the humidor, they come up and they're like, Tut, this is what we got in the humidor. I agree like, with cool. Abe that the industry in disrepair is a weaker industry. Uh, the, the industry in disarray and frac- a fractured well, industry is a weaker industry. But you have but to do in, this. But an industry, you, got, you have to remember, you are in competition. You're all in the same thing, but you are selling and you want to sell as much of your product and or of the products that you have. Yeah. Well, you're talking about manufacturers now. But well, I'm talking about, well, both. So it, it's it's kind of, it's it's... Can you give me another Zingu and don't drop it? I'll try not to drop it. Go ahead, yes. <laughs> So it, you have the you have the wider, you got the bigger picture and the smaller picture. Okay. You are in competition, but there are you know if you're gonna go to a brick and mortar, you are wanting the uh, okay. uh, interaction. You're wanting, you know, I usually I tend to think about you know going online as more volume mm-hmm. you know I'm, I'm, I'm looking for that discount box purchase box yeah. purchase um, I'm going to a brick and mortar I'm looking for something that, that individual line. sell of something new of something but I, it, I it's I get that given but, but given everything else it is always hard because like I said competition this is something that has to that has to transpire. For all the guys, even before before the big four announcement, for all the people that were upset with PCA, that were like, they're not doing this, they're not doing this, they're not doing this. Well, these complaints haven't been... It wasn't just this year that they started these complaints. These complaints have been around for almost a decade. Correct. Do you know what PCA is not going to do? They're not going to change if you keep getting them money. Now you pull that money away. That's the wake up call. I had a good, I had a good friend who was like, you know why we get bad Transformer movies? Because of me. Because they release a bad Transformer movie, I know it's going to be bad, and I still go and buy a ticket and watch it. Maybe I should stop buying a ticket. And that leads me to where because we do have a lot of non-cigar folks on the show, I'm sure I enjoy hearing about you know what's going on in, in little subcultures that they don't know existed. But this brings me to how I kind of want to wrap this up. Okay. Absolutely, Tud. I think you're absolutely right. If anything comes out of this, a stagnant kind of uh, organization that lived in in among itself, and we've seen it, we've seen these other a million other places. Um, Until they're challenged, especially at the dollar, they'll never change. But the minute you challenge their pocketbook, all of a sudden, maybe, maybe. Something good can come out of this, and everybody can get back on board. Uh, and I yeah. hope so, uh, because I th- I do think a unifying body representing 
the entire industry, along with CRA and and you know uh, having that presence to lobby to try to save these things we love so much is important. But you know what? There's nothing wrong with calling them out and no. and trying to shake. I'm all about. Hey man, what does our buddy JD say? You got to destroy it and build it back up. Maybe this is the. You know, maybe this is the destruction part, and then we get something really better out of the end of it. Yeah. I hope so. Yeah. We can only hope. Absolutely. I'm putting all my beers over there for now. <laughs> I'm just, far I'm just away saying that, uh, you know, TNCC left Vegas two years ago, and then now. Hey, Colt texted me tonight. We pulled out first. And guess what? <laughs> Much like many pullouts. Nine months later, who's got no problems? <laughs> Us, baby. Uh, all of a sudden, Tut gets a text from a Vegas number. Oh, shit. What <laughs> me. What me. Uh, we're not coming again this year, baby. <laughs> Do you still know Matthew McConaughey? Uh, hey, wrong number. Hey, wrong hey, number. Wrong hey, number. Wrong number. Hey, hey. Uh... You guys want to talk about the cigar? Speaking of cigars, we're smoking. We're, you guys want to smoke a cigar? Yeah, yes, please. Too. Are we still going to do that this year? Yes, we are. We're breaking beer bottles and we're smoking cigars. <laughs> what are we going to break next? Uh, TBD. Something's breaking tonight. Oh, no. My spirit. <laughs> when Dignity. You, when you guys look to your Christmas presents. <laughs> I feel bad he about that. He didn't even keep his on the table. At least you kept yours out here on the table. These would be great Christmas ornaments. Who is Zorny? <laughs> Zorny, no. Uh, that's the new much, girl. Much like our Z- Zori. Oh, Zori. It's two eyes. Well, the way these things work, they're kind of scrunched up. You got a Zori. Zori. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you even push the thing to see how they light up? Oh, now it's cool. Your cats would <laughs> like these. Yeah, for about five seconds. Maybe your cats would like the pecans. I'm crumbling them up and they're going into pancakes, baby. I had pan- I added uh, pecans and nuts into my waffle res. I mean my pancake uh, repertoire. Actually, guys, I got to be honest. You probably shouldn't eat those pecans. Granny hasn't been right for several years. I I don't know how long those had been in her place or where she got them. <laughs> I would just throw those away. Gee, thanks. Hi, <laughs> it's like cousin Eddie. Good. <laughs> Real Texas pecans cake. <laughs> I remember when you were walking through my backyard the other day, Yax, and you were admiring mine. The cigar. The Amazon Basin Orellana by CAO. Orellana. Orellana. Orellana? Like Princess Leah Orellana. Or is that it's Oregana. Oregana. It's oregano. Oregano. This is Orellana. Uh, it is a 6x52 Toro. The wrapper is Brazilian Cubra, Nicaraguan binder, Brazilian filler. Are you ready for a story, an interesting story? Even you folks out there who tune in for the the film and the beer, you're going to appreciate what I'm about to tell you about this cigar. This is really cool. The CAO Amazon series is a limited release item that comes from CAO and General Cigar Company, one of the big four. Using a tobacco that is only harvested every few years. Grown deep in the Amazon rainforest in a region known as Braganca. 
This tobacco is cultivated in undisturbed soil. Extremely limited, only about 5,000 pounds of the Braganca tobacco could be purchased by General Cigar Company. Are you laughing at me saying Braganca? I'm just thinking of... Hi, this is Country and Western so, uh, Superstar Trey Atkins singing this song, Braganca Gunk. <laughs> <laughs> All right, ladies. Who out there is ready to Braganca Gunk? <laughs> hey, he should be the PCA Closing Night Band. <laughs> All right, everybody, on your feet. It's Braganca Gunk time. <laughs> uh... Sorry, I interrupted your story. Actually, that was worth it. I hadn't thought about old Trace in a while. That was good. <laughs> Breaking bottles, talking about... Can Bagonka I describe gonk. the cigar in my Trace Atkins voice? Oh, yeah, you can. The Amazon tobacco used in the Oralana is unique in that where most cigar tobacco, listen up to it, is grown in large fields in neat, tidy little rows. This stuff is planted all over the area wherever sunlight happens to hit through the trees. They sprinkle the seeds where the sunlight hits. Okay. The tobacco, tobacco, is then fermented in the jungle and taken by a canoe to the factory, which in all, just to get the leaves to the factory is a six-week process. By canoe. Can you imagine that? <laughs> six <laughs> weeks just to get the, the tobacco to the factory because they take it in a canoe up the river. Can they use like more than one canoe? No, it's just I'm just. <laughs> I'm sure they. <laughs> you threw me a curveball there, Yex. I wonder how much that canoe maker makes. It is a fucking big canoe. Well, it's they a get, big river. They get all five thousand pounds of tobacco on that one canoe. Wow! It's literally the size of a love boat. That's some canoe. The Orellana, named after the Spanish explorer and conquistador. Francisco de Orellana, who not only discovered the Amazon River, but was also the first honcho to travel its entire length in 1542, is the fourth release in this line since the original Amazon Basin debuted in 2014. Well, that that, that phrase is misleading. He was the first European. I was just about to say that. Good call. See here? In well, yeah, I'm sure some natives had done it before. Yeah. It's like Columbus didn't discover America. There was a bunch of assholes here already. Technically, they... Yeah, we have Columbus it. Day. I don't celebrate it. I didn't think we were supposed to. I think it was just... I thought it was a little... People. I should mention, I have a box of the original 2014, the original Amazon Basin release, which many say is the best of all four releases. Unopened. All there. If any listeners out there are interested in uh, buying it, slide into my DMs. I also consider interesting trades. That could get weird. <laughs> oh, boy, that could get weird. It just has. Slide into my DMs, ladies. Uh, so, yeah. New year, new problems. A Amazon jungle grown... T- new year, new problems. <laughs> Dude, they literally grow it where the sun comes in through the trees, take it by canoe... This is very unique. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a unique story. I like where it's going. Okay. I'm surprised they didn't level those trees with Kubota tractors. If you're going to sure. level a bunch of native huts and <laughs> trees and stomping grounds, if you want, case tractors is the only choice 
for me and my we buddy. We need to file the rainforest. Use Kubota. <laughs> When you encounter a tribe 3,000 years old that's never seen outside, man, you want to shine the headlights of a case tractor right up their butthole. <laughs> God, I love Trace Atkins. What are you getting on the cold draw, Tut? I'm sure he's going to hear about us eventually. Uh, be like, what are these guys? <laughs> going to be a knock on the door. <laughs> knock, knock. Oh, shit. I love the rainforest. I'd never say that. Give me back my son. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> I have your son. And you love the rainforest? Yes. <laughs> Oh, uh, I'm getting like a mixture of nuts, and I I almost <laughs> that might have been the pecans, <laughs> and I almost think I'm getting a little bit of fruitiness somewhere there on is, that cold draw. There's a little sweet raisin. Yeah. I thought, I thought there's a little sweet raisin. What about you, Yak? Chocolate. Chocolate. I don't know if that's like a beer, su- like a sweet raisin dipped in chocolate. Well, there is a sweetness there. I, I, I but I got a real, just cold draw. Chocolate. Interesting. Why don't you tell us about the beer? Exingu. No. Exingu. Exingu. No, it is pronounced Shingu. Shingu. Shingu is the name of a river in Brazil. South America, like the Amazon, it ties together. Can, can I talk about Sorry. it? Sorry. I feel so yes. like I need to justify my pairing sometimes. <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry. No, the, the Shingu is a river that does feed into the Amazon. Yeah. Uh, it The brand itself uh, started in 1988. That's a good year. Our movie's 1989. Yes, it is. Again, that ties together. <sighs> this is just, just going nowhere. All right, but uh, from that, uh, it is a black lager, uh, which for Brazil, this was like one of their original craft beer Yeah. for that time. I mean, uh, with everything else going on and, you know, uh, craft beer uh, began expanding within the U.S. within the 80s. I mean, it took a while. And, there was you know, five of them. There was five of them. And now it's well over 7,000 brewing operations within the U.S. Well, I read where the, the Shingu opened the way for the the beer revolution that is now, I guess, going on in Brazil. Yes. Um, our thoughts and prayers go out to all the victims of the beer revolution. I hope their deaths result in some better beer for us gringos. Solidarity. Uh, black lager, what does that mean? Other than it's purely black blood of the earth. <laughs> it's black blood of the and earth. And no head. Blood. Like, you can just dump this straight in the pint yeah. and it's nothing. Um, it is uh, just just the, the actual numbers on the beer. It's uh, 4.6% ABV, Ugh. about 20 IBU. Uh, it is... Um, uh, it was recognized here uh, several years ago. By the Beverage Institute Tasting of Chicago as the best dark beer in the world, and by the International Taste and Quality Institute of Belgium in 2006. Okay, I will say that it is a very, very good beer, but it's not the best beer in the world. Um, <laughs> I do appreciate black lagers. Uh, I, I'm not going to go to it all the time, but every now and then I, I like I like the appreciation of it. It's good beer. 
Tut, you want to tell everybody the first time you had this beer? First time I had this beer was at my bachelor party. You guys took me to uh, Fogo de Chao. It's a Brazilian, Brazilian steakhouse. And uh, so we would kept running up our flag saying, more meat, please. And they kept uh, bringing us meats and bottle after delicious bottle of Jingu. And it was, I think, the, I think it was the first time I ever had a black lager. And I was like, this is unique. Uh, he had a lot of firsts that night. Yes, I did. <laughs> no. And guess what? We got a special guest. Remember Todd? Oh, no! Get in here, Todd! No, no. <laughs> I was drunk! <laughs> sorry, sorry. Uh, it was, we loved it at Fogo de Chao. We actually went there for Yak's batch party as well, and we drank the piss out of this stuff. Uh, there is also a, uh, it was a gold, a Shingu gold, that's like 7%. I tried to find that, but no yeah. luck, so... If you like a reverse buffet where you sit down and they bring the food to you continuously. Oh my god. It's 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 literally the Brazilian steakhouse is the place where when you you leave you you're like hiding your face like a celebrity. Oh man, it was good. Like you don't want it people to look at you. You're ashamed of what you just did in there. <laughs> I remember we were we were standing outside having a smoke uh, waiting for the car service or whatever and I heard his family of four like little kids go like because, like, literally the window outside the restaurant says, like, a lamb uh, on a on a rack just spinning yeah. around. Like, hey, is it, uh, you know, was it good? Was the food great? And just like, don't look at me. Uh, <laughs> don't look at me. <laughs> I literally just ate eight pounds of 20 different animals. I know a lot of and people. And 20 shingus. I was about to say, I know a lot of people use the word meat coma or the phrase meat coma a lot, but after you go there, you are in a meat coma oh. if you're doing it right. Uh, well, I thought with the uh, the jungle movie we're doing, the jungle cigar, why not do a Brazilian uh, beer? Good pairing. I like uh, I like oh, this all around. Yeah, it's working good so far. Yeah. Yes. Man, the cigar, I'm getting really great kind of spice on the nose. I'm getting the Nicaraguan mineral yeah. um, from the binder on the draw, and then just a really cool kind of unique. What am I getting, Todd? I don't know. I'm just in love with the look of this thing and the feel of this thing. It is the most rustic of rustic cigars. I should mention. It's like I was going to say, what, what's going on the, with the little thing the, down the here? The Brazilian wrapper, that's actually tobacco leaves that are wound up to look like vines. Ah. And that's the band of the cigar. Is these, is these, it looks like. And then they got a little well, bit of it. Yeah, like, oh, then, like a barber pole. They yeah. kind of wind like, it. But it's not really like it a goes barber about pole. Halfway it's more up. like another vine. Yeah, it's like a vine that goes down. It's It's such a cool looking cigar. Yeah, see, they actually put it in on the wrapper there. You can see the yeah. end point of it. It almost looks like a vein, but, yeah. I mean, it's just a beautiful cigar. Um, I'm not sure if some Amazonian... I'm getting, uh, I'm getting your chocolate. It's, it's almost like a, a very mild chocolate. Yeah, I mean, that. well, I mean, when just on the cold draw, I mean, that was the first thing. I mean, it just exploded. I'm getting chocolate yeah. and mineral on the draw and, and that nice spice. That chocolate has gone down. That, thing. But it's there. That it's mineral, there upon lighting. The, I'm still just picking up. The, the, the sweetness has gone down considerable amount. Like you just said, that you're getting that spice. Uh, so far, so good. I mean, I'm just barely I, barely I'm, started. I, yeah, I'm really enjoying it. And it tastes really good with the beer. The, you know what? I love the presentation. The presentation is probably presentation my, is my favorite presentation of the year. <laughs> That's no, it is. Yeah, I'm that guy. I'm That's that guy. It is a unique-looking 
cigar. Look, I'll, I'll, look CAO and practically invented the barber pole with the America. I oh, love it. Um, Skip, we had a long time. We actually brought up the CAO America several times our last episode discussing how there's nothing new in the cigar industry. Right. Anybody says you're copying somebody, well, they copied it from somebody else. Uh, as Saka would say, they're all brown and round. Yeah. But I've never seen a cigar look like this. It always takes time. Someone's going to figure out something new. Yeah. You, yeah. you build on top of it. Innovation, what, baby. What, it's got your smoke that travels up the body, too. Yeah. Innovation. It's dark. It's a very smoky cigar. It's earthy. There's the ch- the chocolate, the mineral, that spice. I, I'm really enjoying it. I'll come back to it soon. If you guys get anything in the meantime, fill me in. Uh, what else? We did the cigar, the beer. What else we uh, talk about here, Yex? A fantastic film. Hopefully. No. Tonight's film is Cannibal Women in the Avocado Jungle of Death. How can it go wrong with a name like that? How can it go right with a name like that? Written and directed by J.F. Lawton, although you'll see in the only credits he's billed as J.D. Athens. That's always a good sign when the director <laughs> changes his name. puts a fake name on it. <laughs> uh, Lawton, would, get this, Lawton would go on under his real name, of course. He wrote the screenplays for such films as Pretty Woman Whoa. and Steven, kind of a hit. Steven Seagal's Under Siege. That was also was a, a hit. A big hit. And he also wrote, a, I think, a favorite of yours, Blank Man, with Damon Wayans, that superhero movie. Oh, my. Yes. I haven't thought about that movie in yeah, forever. He, he wrote that Blank was, Man. Wow. Um, it was produced by Guacamole Films. And I didn't check, but I'm, I'm 99% sure they did not produce Pretty Woman or Under Siege. Yeah. Well, my, my what I love more than anything else is the, the very first thing that popped up and that just, you know, I... Uh, sitting down, getting everything, and then I just, you know, I started, started, and I'm like, and then I just noticed a thing pop up on the screen, Gary W. Goldstein. And I was just like, oh, this must be like the second cousin removed from Samuel L. Bronkowitz. <laughs> Gary Goldstein presents a Guacamole Films production. Yex, I don't know if you got my facts earlier today. I had asked you to bring the supplies to make tableside guacamole for us during the show tonight. <laughs> I don't see... Onion or avocados or chips? No, none of it. What happened to that whole thing? I faxed you the. Oh, I I'm, I didn't get that in my location. Where were you? Uh, I'm in the future here in 2020. We there are no fax machines. I'm gonna get it one of these days. No more faxes. This year I'm sending you guys stuff the the right way. I'm gonna send my requests not via fax. Maybe next Christmas I'll get you guys fax machines. Only 20 years behind. How good would it be if we had tableside guacamole right here? i got to admit before we get into this, because I'm only going to mention guacamole and avocados, I don't know, 750,000 times tonight. I'm not a fan of guacamole. I'm not I either. am not really. I'm not a big fan of avocados. Women love it. I like avocado. I'm I don't okay like guacamole. I, I mean, I'm okay with avocado. I don't seek it out, but if it's on something, I don't shy away from it. I'm I'm trying not to shy away from it this year. I just it's got too many health benefits that I want to kind of yeah. get into. It's a good fat. That's what they say. That's what they say. Much like the cashews uh, or the pecans I gave you guys. Oh no, that's the, nobody says that. The pistachios that you wanted would have been good fat. <laughs> yes. Not the nuts I gave you. Yeah. And nuts. Now you want to make a delicious pie. 
the con's the way to go. Uh, <laughs> let's just take a second to our title. Cannibal Women in the Avocado Jungle of Death. Okay. When I sent that to you guys and said this is the movie we're doing. Jesus. That was your first thought? That was my first thought. I thought it sounded Here we like go st- again. I thought it sounded like, one, we'd be getting a ton of titties. Two, I thought it sounded like something that Alex Jones would be like behind. Like, that was like... like Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself. He was sacrificed by the piranha women of the avocado jungle to silence him from naming names of the powerful lizard people involved in the U.S. State Department. Cannibal women are living amongst us. Michelle Obama, her giant penis, is their supreme leader. The Burger King veggie burger is actually flame-broiled human flesh, primarily leg and belly tissue acquired from obese transient drifters, and the proceeds go towards arming the deep state police force with laser guns and annihilation modules. I've seen the blueprints, folks. Just Google it. It's out there. Infowars.com, promo code TNCC20. Why? You can't tell me this doesn't have Alex Jones written all over it. Has Alex Jones written all over Why am I not laughing at that? Why Why am I like, that makes perfect sense. He's it's the truth. It's Anni- frightening me. Annihilation modules, they're real. It's somewhere out there. My there's little, a my little lizard a, brain is being frightened right now. Somewhere out there, there's a good old boy with an InfoWars sticker on the back of his uh, truck going, that's right, that's, that's right. right. Tell people about these avocado women. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, it is a real movie, and we actually watched it, so let's yeah. talk about it. Uh, we begin with a title sequence that takes us floating down a long river. Oh. We then join two, two goofballs wearing jungle explorer outfits, you know, tan pants and a headband, uh, as they machete their way through the bush in search of avocados. I'm going to look at you a lot tonight and say the bush. The bush. Uh, they finally find a lone, beautiful avocado dangling from a tree branch. But once they snatch it and add it to their satchel full of avocados, <laughs> one of the numbnuts is tempted by the sounds of female laughter to explore a nearby waterfall. What do we find there? Reluctantly, the other dude goes with them, and they soon discover yaks, a tribe of topless, big-tittied, blonde natives playing in the water. Hmm. These tribal babes really take their avocado seriously. You can tell because they're passing along a beach ball that's been painted green. <laughs> the horned up Magellan jumps out from behind the trees. Hey, ladies! And they quickly grab their bows and fill him full of green arrows. He's, that they do. He he's, is dead. He's avocado toast. <laughs> I just came up with it on the fly. <laughs> uh, his partner runs off. Just go ahead and break something else right now. So we can- <laughs> <laughs> his partner runs off, but he stops in his tracks once he stumbles across a crude shrine made up of human bones and skulls. Suddenly, a rope trap tightens around his ankles, and it swoops him up into the air, upside down. The native ladies surround their new captive and smile. Uh, they only wear tiny green bottoms made from jungle leaves, leaving the bottom half of their butt cheeks completely exposed. How would you feel about that, Yex? I think it was a good choice. Uh, I did too. I like the wardrobe. Uh, I thought uh, I thought it fit well with the environment. I don't like it for a warrior costume. It doesn't provide enough te- uh, protection. But given the immense heat that's got to be coming from the avocado jungle of death, my God, I the mean, heat. it's they, it's going to be hot there. So I, I, I can. I think that's. You got to sacrifice some protection. I think that's beneficial. The heat, at least if you leave the bottom half of your butt cheeks exposed, you get some air. 
Yeah. I think so, yeah. yeah. And some signing. I just want to send a shout out to the casting go. director on this scene for the Avocado Warriors. Uh, these, these, the, the, the outfits were, the wardrobe uh, department did a wonderful job, and the casting director, who didn't look at headshots, he looked at boob no, shots. as he should have. And uh, it was a nice little opening sequence. Very Indiana Jonesy. Very Indiana Jonesy. After I have to take a. I, have to, I might as well go ahead and get this out of the way. The sound quality of the where we watched it, uh, 2B TV, was horrible. I should uh, say we actually. Uh, this was available for rent on Amazon, but you had to listen to Elvira talk through the whole thing. Which who wants to hear somebody talk their way through a movie? That's horrible. I mean, <laughs> it is Elvira though. I mean, yeah, but it's not us. It's Elvira. Yeah. Can I look at Elvira as she's talking her way through the movie? <laughs> Speaking of giant knockers, who'd want to listen to her <laughs> up on screen talking? You can listen to us. Uh, but no, we actually had to seek this out on its streaming on Tubi TV. T-U-B-I. I, I believe we actually watched one other movie on Tubi TV. We did. Wild we did. Zero. Yeah, because I, I had the uh, my account. I still remembered yeah, it. Because, no, I went to open the Tubi to watch it, and it was like, do you want to open the app? I'm like, I have the app? <laughs> I think we watched Wild Zero, that, that the, obscure uh, Asian movie. But uh, the the ADR, the Foley stuff was just it was just totally mixed wrong. Uh, it didn't bother me till about the, it didn't bother me till about the last third. It was mine was right off the bat because he's like, oh, the sound of women is distracting me, and I'm like, I don't hear any type of women. It was just it was just a weird mix. Uh, it didn't. It certainly didn't ruin the experience. Of oh no, the movie for me. Uh, after that engaging opening sequence, we arrive at Spritzer College, where we join feminist studies professor Dr. Margot Hunt, played by the lovely, as always, Mrs. Jean Simmons, Shannon Tweed. Oh, yeah. Wearing a ridiculously baggy blazer. She's a feminist. She's a professor. Feminists have to wear frumpy clothes. That's in their code. Uh, as she drops some anthropolo- anthropological wisdom. That is correct. Okay. On her college class, uh, she says, Did y'all know that much like the Chinese men forced their women to wear tiny shoes to keep them subservient to them, Amazon women break the legs of the males to exert their dominance? I did not know that. I knew it. I figured you guys wouldn't. Uh, I can see you two being on the, in the dark on such... Interesting matters. facts. It was Interesting just facts. covered. Uh, it just wasn't covered in any Wonder Woman comic. So why? Well, I, I did some research. That's actually why the tobacco takes six weeks to go up river. <laughs> all those, it's got a all those guys in the canoe have broken legs. Of course, <laughs> it all makes sense. As Doctor Hunt and her pinkalicious, highly excitable student Bunny walk through the quad, Dean Stockwell. Isn't that the guy from Quantum Leap? It is. But this guy is actually the dean named Stockwell. At least he wasn't named Dean Martin. Uh, (laughs) Dean Stockwell, uh, they're approached by representatives from the U.S. government. Ford Maddox from the Department of Agriculture. (laughs) And Colonel Mattel from the National Security Commission of Avocado Affairs. Heck yeah. When he says that, that's the first time my ears like, oh, what have I gotten us into here? And they need to speak to Dr. Hunt concerning a matter of national importance. Alone. Colonel Mattel says, looking at Bunny, you know, she's a kid, she's a student, shouldn't he be here? So they head to a private classroom where Maddox explains to Dr. Hunt that 98% of the avocados produced in the U.S. come from California. 
more specifically, a jungle area that stretches from Bakersfield down the Mexico border called the Avocado Belt. But naturally, she says she already knows that. Of course she does. She's a smart woman. What does all this have to do with me, she asks suspiciously. That's where Colonel Maddox, wearing a sweet eye patch, steps in. He says, very aggressively, Avocados are vital to this nation's security interests. With all of South American political chaos, whether it's revolutions or succumbing to communism, which you said Brazil's in the middle of a beer revolution, uh, California is the last secure source for avocados in the entire free world. The avocado gap is threatening to play right into the Russians' hands. In fact, Gorbachev is probably laughing into his plate of taquitos right now as we speak. <laughs> it's... My God, this man is passionate about avocados. I, I so wish the doctor were here because he would nail this impersonation. Yeah, as yeah. soon as I'm he started even, talking, I was like, trying. "Yeah, yeah, you can't." As soon as he started talking, I was, I just, I was just picturing the doctor. And he would have worn an eye patch tonight. <laughs> oh. While the colonel calms himself down, Maddox explains further that the majority of the avocado belt's harvest comes from the perimeter area, as the interior of the avocado jungle is uncharted territory. Anyone who strays too far in the jungle never returns. Why is that? asked Bunny. What's she doing there? They told her to get lost. <laughs> well, who can be mad at Maddox? Bunny doesn't Maddox, listen. Maddox, one of the G-man who told her to get lost, says, "Good question, Bunny." <laughs> and then Dean and her start giggling like, "Yeah." yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> they're so proud of her. Doctor Hunt finally catches on as to why exactly these men are here. They want to know about the mythological piranha women, an ancient commune of feminists so radical, so militant, so left of center, that they eat their men. And she has to explain to Bunny that doesn't mean giving, that him blow, giving him blowjobs. Oh, Bunny, you just don't know much about this world. Dude, they eat their men. Take that, Rose McGowan and the Me Too movement. Suck on that level of commitment, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. These chicks are hardcore. They're eating dudes. I don't I don't want any feminist to go this hardcore. Man, you th- thought that The Last Jedi was too feminine heavy. Can't imagine what he thinks of this film. Yeah. You got a lot of problems with The Last Jedi. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. A little too heavy-handed with the messages. Well, I just think that, you know, you can have strong... There's a time and a place. Star Wars isn't one of them. No, I just think no. I, I'm Star Wars has strong female characters in the original trilogy. You just don't. I mean, a good story doesn't have to have. I mean, even if you're if you're telling a message in a story, you don't have to have a strong protagonist, women, and then make all the male characters in the entire galaxy just dumb and incompetent goofs. You can have strong female and strong. Yes. Nothing. Yeah, that's what this movie does, too. No. Jean-Pierre. Oh, uh, we'll He was sensitive. In the last ten minutes of the movie, we'll get to Jean-Pierre. <laughs> and he looked a lot like, Get in here, Todd, from no, Todd's Bachelor no, Party. No, <laughs> I was drunk. All right, moving on. Uh, after Dr. Hunt explains to Bunny that by eating men, she's not talking about giving them BJs, she goes on to inform the group that the piranha women have sex with the dudes, then kill them like a black widow spider. And then the tribe strips the flesh from their bodies and eats them like beef jerky with a side of guacamole, which we were supposed to have tonight. 
That would have been a nice little visual. But we all just said we hated the stuff. <laughs> the table side's kind of fancy. We get to see you mix it, and mortar and pestle it. Huh. Eh. I don't. I don't think that's not how you make guacamole at all. Yeah, the places I go. Yeah. Anyway, she says that's fancy. What, that's how legend has it. No one's ever actually come across these people. Maddox tells Dr. Hunt the Piranha women are all too real and they're expanding their territory, becoming a major agricultural threat. It's California. They're like, it's so far away. They're literally like 30 minutes away. I mean, we'll get this. Colonel Mattel says with his eye patch, he sent in three heavily armored, armored divisions of troops in with full air support and they all got wiped out by the Piranha women. With no air support. The women left yeah. a pile of dog tags on the on the perimeter of the jungle covered in guacamole dip. <laughs> this shit is serious. As the military is clearly not an option anymore, oh my god, hundreds of men have been lost to this. Maddox wants to... I mean, if he at least has said, I lost my eye. <laughs> Avocado seed. Ugh. Maddox wants Dr. Hunt because the military was so successful, to travel to the jungle alone and negotiate with the tribe, reason with them, woman to woman, woman to women, try to convince them to move out of the avocado jungle and relocate to some luxurious condominiums in Malibu they've set up for them. Malibu Swimming Estates. Pool, sauna, the works. It's called Malibu Estates. And the government, get this, will even foot the bill for renovating the workout room so the ladies can use it to continue their bizarre sacrifice rituals. We don't care if these women want to eat their men. That's the piranha men's problem. That's a good one. We have top women working on this. Top women. women. Dr. Top Hunt, still, Dr. Hunt women. still wants nothing to do with this plan, but when they threaten to pull the government's funding for the university, Dean Stockwell convinces her otherwise. Did you recognize him? I did. And I can't... I was like, I didn't want to go look it up. I was like... I did you recognize him? No. He's the dickhead vice principal from Teen Wolf. Yes! Aren't you in the wrong side of the school, Howard? <laughs> he was the guy who was always giving Scott the business. I like this guy. His timing was so impeccable. Oh, no, he's he was, kind of smarmy. Yeah, but he, but he was so... I mean, his... Uh, this was probably yeah. his his little thing between her oh, and yeah, him and he, Shana Tweed was just... I mean, I literally, you know... Oh, they're a little back and forth. It was very comedic. Oh, it was very good. I won't and the timing my on it was. I would never ask. I would any, never. He tells the G man, he's like, I would never ask any of my faculty to pray their ethical principles. I will stand up for my faculty at any cost. And then he goes over, he's like, You're going to give them what they want, or your ass is out of here. <laughs> and the timing I'm on the scene was your great. Tenure so fast. Oh, okay. Who knew Shannon Tweed could do the that? Kind oh, of, and it was really good timing on her she part. Did. She did. She did fabulous. Uh, I was. Uh, okay, at this point, I'm on board. Uh, the just this scene is so absurd. The topic is so absurd. The dialogue is so absurd, it's and these nuts. actors are just giving it their all and throwing it. I mean, the timing with between the entire ensemble was just we really say, really cool. And I'll, and I'll actually say, I I actually I've been we're not even done with the scene, but when I get to the end of the scene, dude, this is one of those movies where I'm like, how have I not seen this? This has everything I love. Like this is like yeah. I'm kind of ashamed of myself. I'm just now finding this thing. But real quick, you're blazing uh, pretty good on that cigar. What are you getting into it now? Are you are you getting the spice on the nose? Are you getting the, any of the chocolate, the mineral? The no, I'm getting a lot of mineral. Uh, I'm actually getting a, a bit of dirt earthiness. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a 
there was a flash of leather, but it wasn't like the taste of leather. It was more like the texture of leather. It might be the dirt, the dirtiness coming off of it. I, I'm actually getting leather with that cocoa. And is it all. leather? Okay. Um, I, I, yeah. The spice has not dropped down a bud. The retrohale is amazing. It's got a really strong, really sharp retrohale mm-hmm. that is consistent. Uh, Nicaraguan mineral earth on the on the draw mixed in with that light cocoa powder. And yeah. then that leather is now, about an inch in is when that leather started to kick up. Yeah. Man, it's nice. It is really, really nice. Uh, and the more we talk about avocados, I'm pretty sure I'm going to be tasting avocados. <laughs> Are you getting any guacamole or? Uh, Why it's a Spanish buffet. <laughs> it's just full of. Uh, I'm actually getting a little bit of queso. <laughs> Got a little bit of taquito there. That's Tex-Mex. That's kind of the same thing. What about you? No, just what about you? Uh, the that cocoa is very faint now for me. The, the leather's overpowered it. For the me. leather, I'm. Getting a little bit of the earthiness, but I mean that's it's really not an earthiness for me. It's min- it's just that mineral. A little, I'm, mineral. Getting, I'm getting a little bit more sweetness right now than I did from. I mean, what, when I first lit up, I mean, it's very sweet. It died down, and now that sweetness is kind of. Yeah, I wish up I had a little some bit. of that sweetness. That'd be really nice. I'll, I'll tell you what. Whoever decided to pair the Brazilian tobacco with the Nicaraguan. Good that, on you. That mineral works so well with everything else that's going on. Yeah. It, it's 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 nice. It's real nice. My only, uh, I would love to pair this with a Guinness. Uh, get that creamy texture off of that Guinness. That Guinness. We do have the 35K nice. milk stout in there if you want to try that later. Yeah, I think I will. Just I to kind of give it a yeah. compare and contrast. Matter of fact, uh, if you want to get that on deck, because you know I like me some milk stout, don't drop it. It's a can. <laughs> You're okay. Where'd you put it? Oh no! Oh, Are we out of it? There we go. There we go. Uh. Well, let me finish this scene real quick. Um, so as they walk the government agents out, Maddox from the Ag Department tells Dr. Hunt that a previous mission was attempted two years ago, where they sent in famed feminist scholar Dr. Francine Kurtz, author of Smart Women, Stupid and Sensitive Men, and she was never seen again. That's about right. Now Dr. Hunt realizes she was on the fence. She must go. She's a big admirer of Dr. Kurtz. And after she witnesses a frat guy talking to Bunny, he's invited to a toga party that weekend for a wet t-shirt contest where Bunny says, but all my t-shirts are dry. Oh, Bunny. She's like, because Bunny wanted to go and she shot her down, but now she's like, you know what? You're safer with me. Yeah, than he was like, uh, do you know, what do you know about mud wrestling? <laughs> <laughs> she's like, you know what? You're safer with me in the avocado jungle than with, with cannibals and with these frat guys. You're coming with me, Bunny. Uh, look, folks, I know I just spent way too much time on the opening 15 minutes of this film, but it's so damn good, as we said. From the topless piranha women in the beginning to the use of the word avocado 10,000 times <laughs> since then. I couldn't resist just dwelling on it. it is, I was blown away by how tight this and and funny this first 15 minutes was. It really was. It was a I great. Mean, it was a good. It was a great. I was I was hooked. I'm, I mean, hooked. I'm just totally hooked. Yeah. And I went into this movie. My wife asked me, and she was like, "So, I always say I got to do homework tonight." And she was like, "All right, what are you watching this time?" And I was like, "Cannibal Women <laughs> in the Avocado Jungle of Death." 
And she just goes, oh, one of those. One of those. I thought it would be. I thought it would be one of those. That's why I picked it. I was like, this is another Malibu ski school yeah. or some other crazy oh. bikini car wash three. But dude, that first fifteen minutes, I still don't know what it is. But it's, I, it's the quality <laughs> of the acting and the way that their and timing the, was and, so well, and, and, the, and the smartness of the writing. It's a You're great right. script. It's yeah. funny as hell. It's tight all around. And I'm gonna get into in a minute what exactly this movie is and why we don't do a lot of movies like this but we'll get to that later real quick real quick okay what you got we said we we're hooked on this film after 15 minutes okay you know what else I'm hooked on boys what are you hooked on Drew Estate Cigars I think we all are oh yes and I've got a really cool Drew Estate product I'd like to tell you good people at home about tonight the Pappy Van Winkles Family Reserve Barrel Fermented Cigar is a long filler Premium cigar rolled in limited quantities at La Gran Fabrica Drew Estate in Esteli, Nicaragua. Deep barrel fermentation is the key process that makes this expression vastly different from anything on the market. Hand-selected leaves from Kentucky are packed into small torquettes, or bundles for you two, which added, well, <clears throat> which are then strategically loaded into oak bourbon barrels. Water is mm-hmm. then added. While immense pressure is applied to the torquettes via railroad jacks. Cranking it. Not car jacks. Not roofman jacks. Railroad jacks. The tobacco is removed two to three times per year, shaken out, then repacked. We've seen the process. We've been to Louisiana. It's amazing to watch. The total process of fermentation takes 12 to 18 months. These Amazonians are six weeks. They're getting a tobacco upriver. 12 to 18 months, leaving a truly unique flavor profile and aroma. The Peppy Van Winkles Family Reserve Barrel Fermented is now available at brick-and-mortar Drew Diplomat retailers everywhere. Go seek it out. And I will take this time to say, if you are in the New Orleans or Louisiana area or within driving distance, go down to the uh, Louisiana Barn Smoker and you will get to see exactly how it's done. It is fabulous to watch. These guys, these men... Jack those railroad jacks down on there. Yeah. I would be I would be tired after one <laughs> one barrel. And you look at this warehouse just full of these barrels that these guys have to go. I through. actually used to look at oh, you cool. two guys as men until I met those dudes that do that. I don't blame you. Yeah, I don't nah, blame not you at all. I, I just shook you. one of their hands and it was just like crunch. Yeah. All right. You guys are a bunch of banana women now. Yeah. Speaking <laughs> of bananas, Todd, get in here. Hey, <laughs> no, go away, Todd. All right. Well, after picking up the supplies needed for her top-secret mission from the university's bookstore, (laughs) manila folders, micro-cassette recorder, an enormous fucking pistol with several cases of hollow-point bullets. What kind of gun was that? That, It's like Dirty Harry. It was. That hand cannon was as big as her thigh. Was that a .357 or was it a... a, I think it was a a, uh, 357 with the extended barrel. It was literally as As long long as as her thigh. Was, I was I was literally waiting for her to tweet thigh. Exactly. He knows. Just say like, you know, I need 150 nylon rope, Uzi 9mm. It was a very no, I'll just take that big hand cannon right there. It was a very comedic scene. You know, I need <laughs> uh, you know, a case of number 2 pencils, uh, I need some Elmer's glue, hollow point bullets. And and of course the old lady in the bookstore had all of it. Just there. Who was that old lady? Did well, she looked familiar? She but did I don't look know. familiar. She's, I think she's one of those old ladies who's been in a ton she, of stuff. Yeah, ton of stuff. And that's actually the thing about this. Like I said, you know, with the with the dean and everything else. I mean, 
it was that glory day of 89 where kind of all these 80 actors were kind of just thrown in the mix. Uh, Dr. Hunt, who's now oh, yeah. na- naturally oh. dressed like a famed anthropo- like famed anthropologist Pierce Brosnan in Nomads. <laughs> you knew I was bringing him up. Her safari vest and pith helmet. Loads up her gear in the Department of Feminist Studies Jeep. They have a Jeep. It's got the logo of the Feminist Studies on the side. Uh, she picks up Bunny in her three pink suitcases, and they're off. Bunny mentions mentions that she packed a bunch of neat lingerie they can share. Fingers crossed, maybe that scene will happen. All right. Uh, they aren't on the road for ten minutes before Bunny is stripped down to a bikini. Point to the screen here for you YouTube listeners. Uh, and is covering herself in coconut oil to soak in some rays. They got the top down on the Jeep. They're having some fun. Oh, buddy. We cut to a map, a graphic of a map of California <laughs> to see how they're progressing. And the pink line goes straight briefly towards the avocado belt before doing some circles and then some illogical loop-de-loops. Female drivers. Female right? drivers. Yeah. <laughs> do I need to get a lawyer now? Am I in some kind yes. of trouble? Yes, you do. Is Rose McGowan coming for me? If she busts in that door right now, I've got a secret weapon. Todd, get in here! <laughs> hey, ladies. <laughs> Want to ride in my Corvette? That's what you're supposed to say. <laughs> they love it. Um, how's that uh, stout? Is it too early to tell? Oh, it's not too early to tell. I love it. With the cigar? Yeah, you got the creaminess coming in from the milk stout. It plays plays very, very nicely. Very complimentary to it. It's not it's not like getting out of the way. It's complimenting all the taste from the cigar. So your instincts are right. Oh, stout so. is the way to go. I think so. A, a cream style stout. Don't get the imperial bitter uh, type stout. Get that milk stout going. That's what I like. I like the Guinness. I like the milk stouts. I like the cream. The Boddingtons. Give me that good good stuff. Goes great. It pairs nice. It it complements nicely with that mineral okay. and that. So you like it better than the dirt. the Shingu. Yeah, and I, I actually like the Shingu. It's just that in terms of the Shingu was more of an out-of-the-way type beer. It wasn't like adding anything to it, we but it wasn't detracting. Descri- we haven't actually it. spent one breath describing <coughs> <coughs> the curse of Shingu. <laughs> we haven't actually spent one breath describing the beer itself. Because it's lager. It's crisp. Yes. It does have a slight bitter component to it. A little bit. Um, it has a soda-like consistency. It looks like you poured a Coke into a pint glass. Well, like I said, much. I mean, you know... But there's With black dye at 89. But as far as flavors go, I don't, it's longer. I'm not really getting... I'm getting just crispness. It's kind of got a little malty heaviness in the middle, and then you just get a little tinge of bitterness. I, but I like it. It's nice. Yeah. yeah. That's what the, I'm saying. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Just from the, 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 the dark aspects in comparison, I mean, you look at it, and I mean, there's almost no difference between this and the stout... Yeah, but I think like it's actually said, darker than the stout. It close your eyes. I'm going to switch them up. See if you can tell who's got what. Oh, you you can you can, you yeah, can, you can totally tell. tell but because, like you said, you know, it, it is it, it is a black lager. It's light. I mean, yeah, no, it's four point seven. No, well, it's not just. It the, is kind of hard. It's uh, just our, the, our last one was from Skip, and there was no. Look, we're going to meet the world's largest tribe of wimps here shortly, and this is what they would drink. 4.7? Come on. I don't mind a 4.7 as long as it's tasty. Guinness is 4.5. That's true. 
And by the way, Guinness is my perfect beer. That it is. Todd is the ultimate Guinness man. Um, I, I I went away from it when I when I had the Oscar that uh that uh good night or good times or whatever the that good was the good night. Uh, I, I feel bad. I cheated on Guinness. I feel. Well, we I'm finally, sorry. We finally found an IPA that you like. Yeah, that's true. It uh, is very nice, but I'm came, sorry. Guinness is this is my go-to beer. You, and came, you came over to the hop side for briefly. And it's cold. It is a cold, ruthlessly cold, 67 degrees outside. He was like, so. he was like to go along with the start. You, you were like Kylo Ren. You were so troubled embracing the hoppiness. You were you were torn. But you you couldn't help but just feel empowered by it. The hops were becoming part of you. I thought you were about to say that that was for Sith Lord. I got my butt kicked by a Padawan who had like two weeks of training. Um, we're, we're not we're not going to go down no, that road. Down. We'll so, be there for, for so five sorry. hours. Now you see why I gave him the C three PO and Leah dolls. <laughs> you got the cool guys, Zorni. <laughs> don't even know who they are. Zorni and Han Solo. <laughs> <laughs> Since when is Han Solo a lesbian? I don't, I don't know. All right, we'll let McDonald's answer those hard questions. On the edge of, does <laughs> not look anything like Han Solo. Oh wait, there you go. Oh, there, there we, we are. are. There we go. There's those Karelian blood stripes. Let me pull Zorni's pants out. There we go. On the edge of the avocado jungle, they have to make a stop in no man's land. San Bernardino. Wasn't that from Kentucky Fried Chicken? San Bernardino. Well, I, I don't know. They come driving up on it like Star Wars. Like <laughs> like, like, Obi, like Obi-Wan and, and Luke. San Bernardino. We have one what st- a shithole. <laughs> we have a, one stop to make in no man's land. San Bernardino. Uh, they walk into a dingy cocktail bar in we the middle of the careful. afternoon. Where a shirtless Matt Cave... Well, it's the Cocktails Corral. <coughs> was that the name of it? Was that the yes. name of it? <laughs> I was it, like, what kind of place is this going to be? They walk in where a shirtless m- drunk me offers to buy the chicks a drink. But Dr. Hunt informs him down the barrel of her gun that they're not chicks. So he and the rest of the 200 men in the place... There's literally <laughs> 200 dudes, no chicks. All, and they are all just they, jam-packed they at that They quickly bar. get the point and... Hey, that, that too reminds me of Tut's bachelor party. <laughs> uh, Dr. Hunt announces that she's here to hire a mercenary to accompany them on their extremely dangerous quest. I love this scene. So we get a scene where an African-American Rambo... I was going to go... As soon as it, it turned around to him on the camera, I was like, Magneto Jones? It's Magneto <laughs> Jones. Magneto Jones. <laughs> he tells them all his uh, accomplishments and why he's the man for the job. Oh, a ninja God. shows up and does his nunchuck routine. Michael Dudikoff. I am the greatest American ninja. And a greased-up wrestler. What was his name? Uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin. The Masked Avenger. The Masked Avenger shows up, and he can actually bend and chew up pure steel. They all audition for the gig, but when they hear it's to accompany the girls into the avocado jungle and encounter the piranha women, they all wuss out. Oh, I gotta get to some. I got something. I got something going on. This, this makes Dr. Hunt smile, though, surprisingly. You see, Bunny, these macho men are all brave as can be until faced with the proposition of facing off against strong women. Not so fast, Dr. Margot Hunt, says a man at the bar. He's a man named Jim, and he's dressed identically to Dr. Hunt. 
Same vest, same pit bat, <laughs> with the addition of some tacky gold necklaces. Jim will lead them to the piranha women. He's not even slightly afraid of the dangers that lurk in the dark bosom of the jungle. Jim might be more convincing if he didn't bullwhip himself in the face trying to show off for the ladies, and if he wasn't played by Bill Maher. Ah, I sometimes forget Bill Maher was a stand-up comedian and struggling actor before he became Bill Maher. Bill, yeah, the political whatever. This is Bill Maher pre-politically incorrect. Pre, I mean, this is Bill Maher just trying to get into Hollywood. First of all, I have absolutely no use for Bill Maher. I can't stand him. I don't want to look at him whenever he comes on screen. My hackles raise up, and I turn the channel. Every time I'm watching it, HBO, and all of a sudden, Politically Correct comes on. I'm, I'm changing that channel. I remember when he first came on to CBS, and he was ABC. doing... ABC. ABC, and he was, doing, he was doing Politically Correct <coughs> there. And Chevy Chase, being the asshole that Chevy Chase is, started just firing back at him. Just being like, just going right at Bill Maher. Commercial break, comes back. Chevy Chase, they kicked Chevy Chase off the show because he was freaking challenging Bill Maher and be, not being that kind of agreeable guest. So ever since I was just like, dude, get over your fracking self. You are horrible, horrible. And Wait, then is, is Bill Maher responsible for oil fracking in the? Yes, Bill Maher's been oil fracking. <laughs> <laughs> the natural gas industry's been utilizing Bill Maher. But this movie. One made me totally forget that I was watching that Bill Maher, and that I was watching, like you said, struggling actor, comedian Bill Maher. There was a time when Bill Maher was okay. He wasn't the total douchebag that you see today. He was just an average guy just trying to make it in the world, and he was pretty fun. I mean, he was mediocre fun. He wasn't that great of a comedian, but he was all right. He okay. was doing the best he had with the resources available. I'm going to uh, offer a counterpoint. Oh, God. No, briefly, I'm, I'm not a Bill Maher defender. He just certainly doesn't need me to defend. He's very successful. Um, <laughs> I like Bill Maher. On, as far as I'll watch his main seven-minute monologue he does on his show, and I'll find maybe about, I don't know, 40 50% of it. Uh, I'll laugh. I, I think he gets. I, I like that he takes jabs at his own. I, I like comedians that eat their own, and he gives the left a ton of shit, which he's one of them. Uh, but no, I, I think he makes some good points, and he, he makes it in a. I I think he's found a, a, a cool little venue to do what he does, uh, much like Jerry Seinfeld with comedians and cars getting coffee. Or Larry David with Kirby Enthusiasm. Sometimes when comedians find the perfect little s- home for what they do. Yeah, but they were, they were successful in other venues before they did that stuff. Uh, Bill wasn't, but he carved his... I can't, I can't think of which came first, um, John Stewart or Bill Maher. I actually think Bill Maher might Bill have come Maher, first. Bill Maher, no, he, can't, he did come first. I mean, he kind of yeah. created that. John Stewart was still on MTV when uh, yeah, I, Bill Maher started on To give on Bill credit, I think he did kind of create that comedian news genre type thing. No, I think no, he certainly did. But I also, I, you know, I go along with to do that. I mean, David Letterman was a failed stand-up comedian yeah. who, you know, went the talk show route, and yeah. that's what worked for him. And... 
You know, Bill Maher still does sold out stand out stand up routines yeah. every weekend. You know, he, he does Vegas. So he still does. He still practices the stand up craft. Yeah. But you know what? I I watch it. I, if it's on, I watch it. A lot of times, I think he does uh, a pretty good job as an interviewer. He has some good guests. But I I, I like. I just like to see him own up when he gets challenged. Well, that I can't speak to, but I can speak to I like uh, left-leaning or right-leaning commentators who aren't afraid to eat their own and call out their own side for bullshit. And he's what I've seen. He's very good at that. He's very he's he's a very hardcore left of center. And he's not afraid to totally call bullshit on a lot of Democrats and a lot of stuff, just as much as he does the other side. I respect that, but I can tell by the way Tud has trick. He's got a trigger finger going over there. Uh, <laughs> I'm just saying he won't call bullshit on his own self. He's not going to get over that Chevy Chase thing. <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna have to YouTube that later. I have tried YouTubing it, and I cannot find it. Bill Maher had Chevy Chase wiped. It's an unknown <laughs> fact. Bill Maher went to the Amazon Piranha Women, had them annihilate through an annihilation module. I've seen the blueprints. It's there, folks. He got rid of Chevy Chase. Google it. Anyway. It's Bill Maher, and we actually kind of like him in this? Is that yes. what we're all saying? Yes. Actually, we do. Actually, Because he's do. a goofball, and he just... Follows the no, script. He's, and he's, he's fun. And it's also really kind of funny. The leading hero guy is it's, like a foot shorter than the <laughs> Shannon Tweed, the main chick. He's looking up to her the entire movie. Message. Oh, God. Here goes the Last Jedi shit. Okay. Uh, so, where the hell was... Oh, okay. It's revealed, as they're talking to Jim, Bill Maher... That he and Dr. Hunt used to date. That's how he knew her name when she walked in. He says they had a passionate romance, one that he thought was timeless. He turned his entire world upside down for her, until, that is, her professors began filling her ears with all sorts of feminism nonsense, and she realized that I didn't fit into her worldview any longer. It's a lot longer than that. Like, a lot of these speeches are just like, holy shit, these guys memorize. Like, it's a lot. But Dr. Hunt turned turns to Bunny and tells her okay it was actually a one night stand I was half drunk I left right after we had sex and Jim maybe said only eight words to me the entire time oh isn't that like you Margot to count words <laughs> this is good stuff I love it yeah. and like I said the timing is great this is naked gun style good it's stuff boom 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 pop and snap that shit was funny so they finally agreed to take Jim with them as their guide Thousand dollars a day. We'll give you fifty. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Why else should we take you? I have the only copy. He pulls out this book of the Traveler's Guide to the Avocado Jungle. Screw it. I'll get my own She's book. Like, I'll go get my own book. It's out of print. All right, come on. This is pre-Amazon. <laughs> She's not finding this thing anywhere else. Dude, I love that. It's funny. It is so absurd. It's funny. It's funny. Speaking of which, Tut, sidebar. I did not know going into this film that it was a straight-up comedy, and even more so a straight-up goofball comedy with such a reliance on fast-paced comedic dialogue. I've avoided doing so many great films over the years on the podcast, like The Naked Guns, The Airplanes, Hot Shots Part Due, 
Because they're really hard to retell and capture the essence of those slapstick parodies in the way that we do our sh- format here. Yeah. We just can't do it. Yeah. There's too many gags. There's too many jokes. And there's and too much funny. Time, it's timing related. And, and it's, it's not just, funny yeah. when we try to convey it to you. For instance, when they get into the jungle and Jim warns the women, you better stay in the Jeep. I don't want you to make a mis- uh, you know, I don't want you to make a misstep. And then immediately falls on his face as he's getting out of the gym. It's funny, but me telling you yeah, that isn't yeah, funny. Yeah. No. Uh, it's very difficult to translate TNCZ style, especially when these gags are occurring every 10 seconds. Yes. It's a joke a second in this Yeah. Thing. It's kind of like a... No, that's that's a great <coughs> point. It's kind of like any of the naked guns, uh, like the... Uh, you're walking around, like I was with my wife the other day, and I can't remember exactly what was going on, but... She pointed to something, and she was looking like that, and it was like a stuffed animal, and I was like, thanks, I just had it stuffed. If you haven't seen it, it's not funny. And then I was and I was trying to explain to her the scene, yeah. and I realized how unfunny it was with me trying with to explain this that. to her. But had she seen it, she might have been like, oh, yeah, that was great. Yeah. My wife, funny you say that. She was asking me something the other day, and she like, was trying to wrap her head around something, and I was like, questions bubble to the surface like a case of club soda. And she's like, are you having a stroke? What are you talking about? Like, oh, it's the naked gun thing. I'm sorry. I have to go like a blind man in an orgy. I was going to have to feel my way around. <laughs> like a midget at a urinal, I was going to have to stay on my toes. Yeah, I mean, it's just... <laughs> they do it They do it good and they do it better. Why, why would we waste our time with yeah. it? And where the hell was I? And where the hell was I? <laughs> uh, how many times have you used that one with a chick? I know a place around here that serves great Viking food. <laughs> it makes no sense out of context. Anyway, but as I was already 30 minutes into this film, taking notes for the show, <laughs> we're not backing out now. So we're going to get through a slapstick parody comedy the best we can. Uh, you're welcome, America. Tut cigar. Oh, man, the uh, construction and the draw on this thing are impeccable. I've actually ignored uh, it for quite a time, and no relights. Like, it just picks yeah. right up from the side. Uh, I, had to, I had to touch up a little bit because I kind of fudged the the light on it, and it kind of started going uneven. A lot of that, though, what I found is that vine that goes around it, it'll keep it'll make the burn line go a little wonky if you don't because it kind of sticks out and it yeah. kind of go the burn line goes around that vine actually I, I didn't have that problem once i got once i it, mine was right on the initial light right off the foot once i got that evened out it's been just great the entire time man that 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 i'm still i can't believe that <coughs> i might be mis, mischaracterizing it but Excuse that me. just that dry dirty earthiness is just Coating the coating the mouth, coating the palate. Uh, Speaking of coating Ted's mouth, Todd, get in here! No, 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 Todd, go away. Todd, sit down. Sorry, it Maybe was later. one night. I, I only said eight words to you. Hour three, and, and <laughs> you said a lot more. I was there. Uh, hour three is probably about the right time. I am getting more earthiness now to go with the mineral. Before yeah. it was strictly that mineral component, but now I am getting some of that earthiness. But it's it's different because it's you know the Nicaragua is the only thing Nicaraguan is that binder yeah so I guess it's kind of a baronka earthiness baronka dunk a baronka dunk earthiness a baronka dunk earthiness so it's a little bit different but you're right it's grittier yeah it's kind of grittier a little sandier I like it yes yeah good description um, good description and but I'm still getting the cocoa the the milk chocolate 
and I'm still getting the sp- that that retro hail has been consistent through the whole damn thing. I'm I'm really digging this cigar. Yeah, I I am too. And then what's amazing is that I'm not really digging. I, I can't say that. I haven't really focused on the retro hell at all because the palate draw is so flavorful. Well, it's there if you want it because it's just spice. Yeah. It's just a really sharp, really definitive spice. But there's no reason to do it unless you're like, you know what? That draw is doing great. Let me just get something different yeah. occasionally. <coughs> it is making me sneeze like a motherfucker. Excuse me. That's that cedar. I think it's this uh, Shingu beer. Shingu beer? Shingu. Well, okay. Uh, as the team finally arrives at the avocado jungle, Jim learns quickly not to call the ladies honey buns. They almost kick him out of the car. Uh, he's, got, he's got to change some of his ways if they're going to make it on this mission. And then they set into the bush on foot. Yax, am I using that term correctly? You are. You are using it correctly. Which term is that? The bush. It's just the way you're saying. We've got Bush. Bush. <laughs> We've got Bush. Uh, the whole time, Jim and Dr. Hunt are bickering about the historical influence of men versus women the entire time. Who was worse? You know, he'll throw out a, a horrible woman. You know, Tammy Faye Baker, Jim Baker, blah, blah, blah. Jerry Falwell. <laughs> just just uh, Yeah, uh, what was the bimbo that did Jerry Falwell? Uh, Tammy Faye. Jessica Hahn. Uh, yeah. uh, but they go back and forth. As Jim hacks his way through the jungle, which isn't really a jungle. In fact, in one scene, you can see a park bench behind them as they're... (laughs) Did you see the park bench? I did. Uh, In one shot. Dr. Hunt points out that Jim's just wasting his energy. There's a clearly defined path they're walking on, but he just bought the machete and he feels silly not to use it. Why not? Besides, Bunny thinks he looks handsome using Heck yeah. And if she thinks that you if look handsome, Bunny, you keep doing oh, it. Bunny. YouTube viewers, look up at the screen. That's Bunny. Uh, boy, let's keep our fingers crossed that we don't see that love scene. Bunny and Jim. 109 episodes? I think a Bill Maher sex scene would be what finally sinks this fucking shit. We're done! You know? You it would be. It would be. I would be like, Everyone you know take I'm their out. cigars, insert them into your eyeballs... I'm done. Oh, yowzers. That was my only fear in this. Actually, as soon yeah. as I saw his character, because I was like, I knew it because I saw it in the headline for the movie. Like, oh, yeah, Bill Maher. Well, he's essentially uh, Jack Dalton from Romance in the Stone. Was that Or Jack Burton. No, not Jack Burton. Dalton? Yes. No, Dalton's Roadhouse. Anyway. Colton. Anyway, Jack Colton. From Romancing the Stone. He is the mercenary that helps the women in need from Romancing the Stone. But he's just a little sleazy little scumbag. Uh, but he's Bill Maher. I don't want to see him making out with yeah, Bunny. That was my only thing here. I was like... I like how that was our collective fear. I, when I don't want that to happen. <laughs> I well, try, I try not to fast forward through things, so... <laughs> however. Well, Jim stops to take a swig from his canteen... Which, when he gives it to uh, Dr. Hunt, she's like, what's in this pina colada? (laughs) Uh, Bunny drops her curling iron and Indiana Jones lunchbox to wander off to pet a giant kitty, a.k.a. a tiger. Jaguar. That was a jaguar? Yep. Jaguar. I thought jaguars are black. No, those are panthers. Which is just a leopard that's got a black coat. So this was a leopard. It's a jaguar. 
Anyway, it was a very big with giant teeth, and they showed the actual actress petting it. It was kind of that was something. Yeah, yeah, it was. A t- uh, I guess as tamed as it can be. It was probably Jaguar. just. It was filled with just so much tranquilizers. <laughs> it didn't know what the fuck was going on. It was on. a beautiful, beautiful cat. It was, and she was petting it, and uh, so that there's something. Uh, that was kind of uh, like a cover of a heavy metal magazine. Yeah, it did. It, it like was the scorp- '80s. It should have been a Scorpions <laughs> album cover. Petting the beast. Eventually, they all reunite just in time for Jim to fall in the river. The very river that he had just predicted was at least two days walking distance away. It was, in fact, right behind them. Luckily, literally he, two feet. He literally is like, it'll be two days walking distance to get to the river. Are you sure, Jim? If there's one thing I know, it's how to read a map. I'm a man. They fall in the river. <laughs> Luckily, that night, by the campfire, Bunny, who's majoring in home economics for now, she's thinking of changing to feminine studies. Well, she's had two years of it. She's more than willing to iron the wrinkles out of Jim's wet clothes for him. She can even do the military-style crease down the front of his pants like he requests. She brought her iron. Wait a minute. I'm getting conflicting theories here. About womanhood. I bet Rose McGowan would not like that scene. Probably not. She like anything. I don't know. I'm pretty sure you could invite your Rose McGowan to a party with like every type of pizza in the world, and oh, you don't have this. Oh, you have pizza. <laughs> Just in general. <laughs> oh, you're the one person in the world who doesn't like pizza. That's right. <laughs> I hate it. TNCC is anti-Rose McGowan, right? Apparently so. <laughs> I got your vote. <laughs> Man, that's hard for me to go against Rose. Uh-oh. Man, her charm days and those early days. Serious now? She was looking good. These days were a long time ago. They were a long time ago. Then she shaved her head and went crazy. We don't all need to be in agreement on Wait a anything. minute. Hang on. Because I'm, con- I'm confused because she's taken so much credit for so much Me Too movement that I think she's been involved with every assault in Hollywood that's been perpetrated. Was she actually assaulted by Harvey? Okay, then I'll give her a break. I'll give her a break. Okay. I mean, that shit sucks. Yeah, I know. Todd, shut <laughs> up. Sit down, Todd. You know what I'm talking about, Todd. That shit sucks. You were there. <laughs> Talk about a meat coma. I mean, I'm not. <laughs> okay. <That's fine>. <laughs> <laughs> TNCC is not anti-Rose McGowan. Yeah, I'll give Rose. We're not anti-Todd. I'm just saying, Rose, lighten up. Yeah. You you don't have to get involved with everything, but you know. Um. All right, right there. There Half you done. are. Half done. Maybe we'll readdress that at the end of the episode. That night, while Jim unsuccessfully tries to roast some marshmallows, they're like blowing up in his face. The guy can't do anything right. In the tent, Bunny rolls over in her sleeping bag and asks Dr. Hunt why she's so hard on Jim. Dr. Hunt sits up and moves closer to Bunny. She asks her if she can share a secret with her that she's never told anyone. Yes. Turns out Jim represents her failures in life. You see, she used to have many, many one-night stands passionless, drunken sescapades. 
but it all masked her deep down fear that she'd never be able to have a normal relationship where the man and woman would see each other and treat each other as equals. She just doesn't believe that can exist, so she shies away from it altogether. Bunny then confesses that she too has a secret. Sometimes when she's being intimate with a man, she fantasizes about him tying her up with red licorice ropes and spanking her. And then Dr. Hunt and Bunny start making out full throttle, tongues and all, baby. Yes! No, no, they don't. And by me saying that, I'm just proving Dr. Hunt's research correct that all dudes are horny idiots. Pretty much, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The whole time they're talking, she's like, spanking. I'm like, here we go. You got Shannon Tweed. Come on, let's do it. Oh, now they're just going to talk. And that's okay. Which is awesome given the context of the style of movie that this is. Yes, it is. The subject matter that this... This is a smartly written script. There is so much entendre going on that it's just... Every it's time crazy. it has the potential to veer into our movies. Yeah, it's it does if it. You were, it doesn't, but it does it cleverly and it does it satisfactorily. If you're a man and you weren't on the e- wait, what's this scene? I'm on the edge of my seat now. What's going on here, guys? <laughs> I'm here. Shannon Tweed. I'm vested. She's getting out of her sleeping bag. They're talking about spanking. Oh, licorice. What's going on uh, here? They're oh. talking about cultural assimilation. <laughs> I can still back off to that. <laughs> God, we're just animals. <laughs> but I love how this movie treats it. I love yeah. how they go. I mean, they go right up to that level. It's a clever script. Man. Oh, it's, it's very, a- very clever. Very smart. Of course, the next morning, as Dr. Hunt works to repair a boat they found, which they can use to travel down the river, Jim, the man, isn't helping one bit. He, he's chopping, on, get this, a long rope of red licorice. You think he was eavesdropping on their tent? I thought he was. Come on, Bunny, have some. Start at the other end. We can meet in the middle. Lady in the Tramp style. (laughs) They set off in the boat, and it's not long before Dr. Hunt has to shoot and kill a California hippopotamus. (laughs) A hippopotamus? In California. California? Well, they're smaller because they eat better and low carbs or something like that. It's like some California joke. But, of course, we don't see the hippopotamus. Guacamole Films didn't have the money and the budget to get a hippopotamus. They got the... Cheetah or whatever. Yeah, I thought that was funny as hell. Uh, And soon after, someone or someones begins throwing knitted doilies and crocheted potholders at the boat from the shore. I gotta gotta interject because you skipped over my favorite scene of the entire damn movie. The Jungle Boat Cruise. Bill Morris are spouting off the dialogue from the Jungle Boat Cruise. I have ridden that thing. I love that ride. It's one of my top five rides. Well, top ten. I love that ride. And as soon as he started going into it, ah, two head for one. And I was just like, that's the Jungle Boker. And then they actually address it as the Jungle Boker's dialogue. Having not done whatever that is, I I didn't find it that good. So I just skipped over it. Shame. 7,000 words I wrote about this movie. I got I to gotta pick and choose at some point, dude. Did you know? Did you like that thing? I recognized it. You know, the movie's coming out next year, the Jungle Cruise movie, with The Rock as the captain of the boat. Really? Yeah. Yes. Are you kidding me? No. <laughs> Let me, Cousin Eddie, are you serious, Clark? <laughs> yeah. Man, the he rock is the captain of the, the Jungle, jungle Cruise. Yeah. His little jungle boat. You've got He's wearing money. the Pierce Brosnan You vest. mean the Jumanji outfit? No. It's, no. No, he's a different character this time. Okay. He... Okay. he Wear sleeves. Huh. I'm sure at some point they'll be ripped off of his body because of I'm his. a sucker for all things The Rock, so I'm on board. Let's go Jungle Cruise. Let's do it. 
Right, there you go. Maybe Except for Tooth Fairy. I wasn't into Tooth Fairy, but you know. uh, nobody was. Nobody was. Nobody okay. was. Uh, okay, so th- after the the Jungle Cruise, they're throwing dialogue, knitted. They're throwing knitted, and stuff it knocks at Jim on his ass. He's like, "What got me? An arrow? A bullet?" And they're like, "Oh, it's a doily." Well, this isn't the work of piranha women because they shoot arrows. But Jim warns, we should still be careful. The female natives out there might throw flatware next. I thought that was really bad. As they exit the boat and make their way into the jungle, Dr. Hunt explains that there's a male tribe that also lives in the jungle. They crochet useful things for the piranha women and exchange the women don't kill and eat them. The male tribe is, this is dated as hell, they're called the Donahues. <laughs> oh, is it Phil? For you younger listeners and viewers, there was a very popular 80s talk show, the Phil Donahue Show. I didn't make that connection. Oh, I man. That, that connection. was. I just didn't. Yeah. I never watched Phil Donahue. This was one of the, this was one of the moments in the movie where I literally just went, ha! Because <laughs> <laughs> it was just so dated. Like, <laughs> the fuck's Phil Donahue these days? He's still around. No, I thought uh, there's another scene with the Donahues that I thought was just super, super dated. Uh, well, they're named after the Phil Donahues because, get it, women like talk shows. Uh, she, he was the, I guess, the precursor to the Jerry Springers and the... Uh, yeah. Back in the 80s, there was like Jenny Jones, Sally, Sally Jesse, Jesse, Raphael, uh, Morton Downey Jr. Uh, what's his name? Geraldo. 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 There you go. That's how he got his start. But Phil Donahue was the granddaddy of them all. He was. Yeah. Immensely uh, popular at the time. He was. Uh, when our team encounters the Donahue tribe, the men all crawl out of their pretty little grass huts. They're very well kept. Complete, complete with pink flamingos outside. <laughs> and they begin chanting the only words they know how to say at Dr. Hunt's feet. Donahue, Alan Alda, oh, Mar- Mark Harmon, Mark Walter Harmon, Mondale. Walter Mondale? I, I was just cracking up. Dude! <laughs> First of all, if you're around in 89, Mark Harmon was the biggest pussy. I know he's like a Navy guy on TV now, like, he like NCIS. Yeah, this is Quantum whatever. Leap, dude. Come on. He's not a pussy. No, that's, no, Scott, that's Bacula. Scott Bacula. Oh, okay, never mind. In 89... Wait a minute. He was Unnecessary Roughness. That's Scott Bakula's. Oh, okay. You're, you completely... Summer, summer School. Summer School. Hey, Summer School! But in 89, he was known mostly as the guy who ruined Moonlighting. He was the guy, Maddie. Sybil Shepard's ex-boyfriend who showed up and stole her away from Bruce Willis and he was this soft, sensitive like everything Bruce Willis's David Addison wasn't yeah. this crude, drinking rebel rouser Mark Harmon was the the tender guy that, that stole her away from him and people hated him because he was such a pussy so when they said Mark Harmon dude, I just, lo- oh god, it was <laughs> glorious and everybody knows Alan Alda is the biggest I like Mark Harmon on Enterprise. Also, that's Scott Bakula. Scott Bakula. No, okay. I, I don't think you've ever actually seen Mark Harmon. Uh, no, uh, NCIS New Orleans. That's LL Cool J. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That is actually true, but also Scott Bakula. No, Chris McDo- Chris O'Donnell. No, that's the LA version. The New Orleans is Scott Bakula. Oh. Ah. Someone no, watching a lot of NCIS. Scott Bakula has never been on NCIS. <laughs> yeah, yes, he yes. Has. The S stands for Scott Bakula. Oh, wait, he's actually on NCIS? Scott yeah, Bakula? The, the New Orleans version of it. Yeah. Oh. I'm so confused. 
It's NCIS. There, it's uh, yeah. It's it's understandable. You're it's crazy. NCIS. It's a secret clandestine. All right. As these guys are chanting Alan Alda and Mark Harmon's name, Jim Alan says, Alden. "What a bunch of wimps." Yaks, are these guys a big bunch of wimps? <laughs> Indeed they are. God, the biggest I've ever seen, I think. Right? But they serve a purpose. I Somehow I don't know what they that... knitted very well. No they're, they're, no, they're knitting and crochet work is second to none. Very crafty. That's a, why they're still they alive. They made a lovely hammock. Well, that night, the Donahues, speaking of the Donahues, that night, the Donahues, all wearing aprons, treat their guests to some delicious tuna fish casserole and some stuffed bell peppers. <laughs> While the wimps keep busy with their knitting chores and sweeping the huts, all this makes Jim sick to his stomach, seeing all these guys <sighs> doing chick work, like cooking and cleaning. But the girls are loving it, and Dr. Hunt can't understand why Jim's masculinity is threatened at the sight of something other than the usual societal norms. Smart, smart. Jim hates that these pussies are nothing but a bunch of manservants to a tribe of man-eaters. And the only reason these dweebs aren't going along with it, or the only reason they are going along with it, is because they were never exposed to real role models like John Wayne and Stallone. You know, it's all set for laughs here, but Jim sounds a lot like dudes I see on my Facebook feed. (laughs) It's not that far out there, like... Uh, and the funny thing is, is that this is back in 89, yeah. or 88, 89. If it's still relevant today. Yeah, it's timeless comedy. Um, anyway, later that evening, Bunny is once again telling Dr. Hunt in their tent about her multiple spanking fantasies. So Dr. Hunt says, screw it, and they finally rip off all their clothes. Yes! No. No. Oh. Again, no. Uh, Cannibal Women in the Avocado Jungle of Death is a surprisingly progressive film, after all. Well, except for those gratuitous boob close-ups in the opening scene. That, go, that goes totally against the rest yeah, of the movie. That reels you in. No, they got us in with that first. Yeah, I mean, they sunk, they sunk hey. their claws in. And But like I said, I can't, I can't state it enough. This was in the film in 89. And they're talking about a lot of themes that... Yeah. You know, they're still how relevant. Are, how are we going to get men to watch our film about progressive feminist ideas? Um, our YouTube listeners can look right behind us. <laughs> what, I'm sure. What like, kept us enthralled? So here's what we're going to do. Funny. We're going to take Tweed. your title here. We're going to toss that in the trash. We're going to bring up cannibal women. In the avocado jungle of death. No one's going to go watch that. Just wait. <laughs> Just wait. Give me five, Trust me. Give me five Trust minutes. me when I say this. But how are we going to make sure that they won't leave? We're going to show them a pair of boobs. It worked. <laughs> wait. We're you think you're creatures. just going to show boobs in the first 30 seconds of a film and every man's going to sit there for the next two, hour and a half? We'll tease them with a well, lesbian you, scene between Shannon Tweed and, and Bunny. And you're also going to hire the world's most naked actress, Shannon Tweed, so you're just... The guys are like, oh, she's going to get naked eventually. <laughs> okay, I'm going to set my... Uh, she, she's coming, she's coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I kept waiting for it. Keep tuning in. Meanwhile, Jim is hanging out, drinking hot cocoa with the Donahues. Which led me to, I think, my favorite line of the movie. Men don't get other men hot chocolate. chocolate. (laughs) 
He's trying desperately to come up with a way to teach them how to be real Which, men. by the way, the next time you guys stay over at the house, uh, I'm totally making you some hot chocolate. I knew it. Todd, get in here. <laughs> okay, no, no, no. I was just kidding. Stand by. Stay back there. Uh, and then it dawns on Jim. What can he use? What tools available to turn these men into real men? B-E-E-R. Oh. What does it spell, Yax? Beer. Beer. Beer, baby. Don't mind if I do. <laughs> Speaking of which, anybody need anything? No, I'm 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 pretty good on the uh, against the grain. Yes. Whatever this is. Touch said that is a way better beer than uh, with the cigar than what we were uh, with the cigar. I do. Uh, and I can I see do. that. I like I, it. I might. We have it. We have a couple more if you want to try one. Uh, I'll take one more. It's just in the fridge. You could tell me now. You know I thought you were going to grab me one, but then you kept it for yourself. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, 35k. Uh, the beer has stayed consistent. Like unlike cigars, beers don't change much. Um, there's not a lot of trend. Actually, yeah, yeah there's not a, tra- a lot of transition as you go down the pint. No, there's not. But there is a lot of complexity, though. Sure. Especially with our favorite Unibrew uh, offerings. That's a lot. No, no two swallows are the same. Shut up, Todd. There was actually a, <laughs> was actually a beer by my favorite local brewery, Redhorn. Uh, they actually did this beer that had like a bitterness on the initial. When you first drank it, it had like a bitterness in it. And then a creamy, sugary finish on the back of the palate. And those two flavors are so opposite. But it was there every single sip of beer you took. And I was like, that is some master craftsmanship right there. That's some chemistry level stuff. Yeah. Hmm. What was it called? I don't know. (laughs) That's some artisanal... Once in a lifetime... You'll never get that again. You'll never experience this again. I'll never forget that day. What was it? I don't know. (laughs) That's TNCC style. (laughs) Uh, Jim grabs a sixer and chugs a beer, me style. Milwaukee Beast. Was it Milwaukee? Milwaukee's Best. I can't tell what the cans were. Milwaukee's Best. It was the Beast. Should I chug a beer for our first (laughs) show of 2020? Nah, let's, let's say Can that. I chug a Brazilian beer? No, let's say that. Have I not. ever chugged a Brazilian beer you yet? You have not. I should probably. I've never done a Brazilian beer. I should probably do it to check it off the list. Yeah? yeah? Will you guys give me the chug, chug, chug? No, I'm not. I'm too late. The Donahue's gig gym support, and they didn't even know him 10 minutes earlier. You guys are my mm. oldest friends. You can't give me some support. I can't condone this. I can't do this show anymore. <laughs> You should chug a beer. Yeah? Yeah. No, he's doing it! He's doing it! Go! Go! Yo! I don't know what my friends have done. Top of the hill! Top of the hill! He's chugging it. He's about halfway down. If you look at it now, he's about three quarters away. Oh, he's getting tiring out. Nope, there he goes. (sighs) Woo! That was a fresh pour, too. Jeez, Kate, if you're going to chug a Brazilian beer, try to chug one that's more than 4%. If you're going to chug a Brazilian beer, 
You can at least make sure it was transferred via canoe over a six-week voyage. I'm sorry, I went Rose Miguel in there. Just... Oh, I was doing the principal from Friday Part <laughs> 8. Hey, Ponce de Leon. Who's y'all's favorite explorer? Was it the guy from the that traveled the Amazon for the first time? The year first European? No. I like wasn't Ponce de Leon the Fountain of Youth? Spanish dude, Florida. Yes. Fountain of Youth. That's my favorite. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he just slaughtered Indians left and right. That's fine. They all did. I'm going with Daniel Boone. He that's, was a man. He was a real man. An explorer. He had a heart like a lion and fist like iron. That was he. I think that's Davy Crockett. No, Daniel Boone was a man. He was a real man. With a heart like a lion and but a fist I, I, of iron was he. I mean, if we're going with any particular time period... And then Davy just, Crockett. That's what I just said. Oh, I thought you said Ponce de Leon. No, I said you were describing, in my mind, Davy Crockett, and then you switched... No, it was Daniel Boone. Yeah. Who's before Davy Crockett if I was... Davy Crockett invented the I mean, are we... Are, I thought we were going, like, you know... Spanish. Spanish. Yes. Like, you know... The new classic world, explorers. The new world. I mean, if we're going, like, any time... Buzz Armstrong. Ah, uh, fucking nerd. He explored the moon! This is true. He never landed on the moon. He was on a soundstage <laughs> in Santa Monica, Hollywood. It's been proven. It's Stanley Kubrick directed the footage. Marco Polo. I'd go Marco Polo. Man, he went into Asia. That's some scary stuff right there. Genghis Khan. Yeah, but Genghis I, or Genghis? I, I like. The I don't ex- know. I like the explorers that didn't end up killing a bunch of people. Ex- well, oh, obviously Indians. Ponce de Leon, come yeah. on! But he's looking for the fountain of youth. He could have brought him back to life. <laughs> I don't know why I went Sopranos there. <laughs> hey, here's but the T. <laughs> if he found the fountain, he could have brought him all back to life. <laughs> Fuck you and your fountain life. Conserve! Get back to stirring my gravy. <laughs> all right. It's nothing all that. So Jim chugs the beer, like I just did. Leaf the Lucky. Discovered America. Did he? Possibly. Maybe. And then he talks to the tribe's leader, the Donahue leader, into joining him. It's a very 2001 Space Odyssey moment, even with the music. Yeah, they As he changed holds, it up just enough to yeah, not get not copyright. Get As he holds out the beer and the wimp's hand reaches up and grabs his first cold one. After the leader chugs his beer, all the Donahues are on board. And soon enough, everyone's drunk and reading penthouse magazines. <laughs> well, I'm wondering how he turned that sixer. He's like, Jesus. <laughs> just, <laughs> he oh, turned no. one and he's sixer. Like, and he's like, there's more where this came from. We got enough. Don't worry about it. I saw your backpack. You weren't carrying cases and cases of old Milwaukee. I like, like Cody. Got, like, it's like Jesus. I, he turned the six pack into a to I a can keg. turn crochet doilies into a cold. But now, you know, I, I'm actually believing it. You know what? That is a TNCC moment right there. It's like... If only we had more beer, do we? Just, <laughs> just coming out, left and right. You know what? I made a big deal. My first chug beer of the new decade. First show of the year. Just didn't feel right, did it? It would have been different if I didn't chug the beer. Then it'd be, it'd be like, new decade, new me. This is new decade, same stupid ass me. And I'm okay with that. Why Fuck not? yeah. Top of the hill, baby. I need you to take me to the hospital. 
Well, I think it needs to be a uns- I think it is an unsaid thing after 109 episodes. If somebody chugs a beer in the movie, I have to chug a beer. If one of you guys wants to take the mantle and do it for me, I would love it. Uh, my doctor said no. Yeah. <sighs> Still seeing those doctors, are you? So Jim teaches the Donahues when they see a hot babe, they should yell out at her, Hey, sexy mama, want to ride my Corvette? <laughs> Not offer her knitted products. Oh boy, I have a feeling Dr. Hunt isn't going to approve of this sociological experiment one bit. Oh, he's wise beyond his years. Speaking of experimenting, back at the tent, Hunt and Bunny are now engaged in a hot and heavy spanking session that leads... Oh, yes, uh, finally! No, no, that doesn't happen. Actually, Bunny can't sleep, so she walks over to the Donahue Village to get them to make her some hot chocolate. That's sexist, right? I can't sleep, I'm going to get those guys to make me some hot chocolate? Bunny's sexist. But they make it so well. Apparently. Anywho, who are we to pass judgment on anybody? Look at us. Anywho, I think we kind of pass judgment on everybody. No, we're not going to. Is that just me? No, no, we're not going to stop. I'm just uh-huh. saying it. we have no right to do so. Jim is passed out at this point, so the drunken Donahues all start coming on to Bunny and literally jumping on her until Doctor Hunt fires off a warning shot with her 357. They all scatter away. Like cockroaches. It was funny though when one of the dudes said, "Because keep in mind they've never said any words other than Alan Alda, Mark <laughs> Harmon." One of them says, "Hey, love machine, want to ride in my vet?" Bunny replies just on instinct, "Sure, where's it parked?" That was good. <laughs> Classic Bunny. She's so sweet and honest. The next morning, I didn't like that the their first instinct was to gang rape her. I was like, I thought oh, that that's was what, a that's little what Dr. bit. Hunt's like, and 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 Jim's the next morning's like gang rape. Man, I really I didn't know they had it in them. I know they had I it. Mean, not that they're. I mean, no, that's wrong. True, but hey, you. Uh, I thought that was a bit extreme. You want to tell us where we want what happened to Bunny? I'd never seen anything else. She didn't really have like a long movie career in terms of like acting but she did go on to marry her first husband yeah was a pro tennis player Boris Becker no no not Andre that. Agassi no 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 no, no. but uh, Jimmy Connors then her uh, <laughs> second husband Oh, so we don't know the first guy. Well, I mean, uh-huh. I, I, I didn't recognize. So she married him. a famous tennis player. We don't know who that is. Right, and then Arthur her Ash. second husband was a uh, head was a head agent in the CAA. Ooh, big Hollywood agency. Not yes. the CIA, but the CAA. So she not uh, the CIA. Tut. I'm assuming it was the CAA. She, she got very generous settlements from the first one, and I don't know about the second marriage, but. She went on to become a producer. Oh. So. Anything we might have seen? Actually, there was a... Give me one second. Oh, I see him pulling up his notes. He was into this. Yeah. On YouTube, you can just take a second to look at Bunny up on the screen. She was just cute as a button. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. I like her a lot. And she played the dumb, bimbo, dimwit, naive to a T. But and it wasn't. But, but but acting and really well because it wasn't affected. I mean, I didn't feel like it was affected. I didn't 
I didn't see the actress trying to play dumb. I just thought yeah. she was that character. Yeah. And, and extremely likable. Very likable. I mean, uh, I recognize the name. It was a TV show called The Note. Nope. And we that was in for 2007. That. <laughs> You're saying, but, you know. She Produce The Note, did she? That's great. I I've got a few notes I'd like to produce. I have a few production notes. Uh, okay. So she married a bunch of rich guys and did okay for her. Hey, Foxy Mama, you want to ride in my vet? Rose McGowan's going to burst in that door any minute and kick you in the And that's exactly what teeth. I would tell her. I, I'm sorry, honey, I wouldn't. I but wouldn't Rose at all. Rose McGowan's like, sure, where's it parked? <laughs> You've learned nothing. You're a traitor to your cause. I would not do that. Of course you wouldn't. We're, we're all good stand-up men. Yes. Beer. <laughs> beer. 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 Do you need a beer? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what do you want? Uh, another, I don't know. Another Shingu? Um, uh, we've also got some Fireman's Five, some Hans Pills. we got some IPAs. we got some Unibrews. Yeah, let me try the Unibrew. Spicing it up tonight. I was about to say, it's not not as creamy, but there's going to be a lot of floral notes. A lot notes. of floral There's going to be some accents there. A lot there. of uh, you got some the, coriander. Uh, you got some, uh, the, uh, it's by your lighter right there. There we go. Dude, we are yeah. just, we're just going to... We're like mad scientists. Dude. We're just playing with all the flavors. Love it. Love it. The next morning on the boat, Dr. Hunt is super pissed about the transformation Jim performed on the Donahues. They were getting along just fine with the Piranha women, crocheting, knitting these things, and he ruined everything. That's he why ap- Star Trek applies the Prime Directive. Ignore that. He apologizes. I'm sorry. They were just acting so faggy. Yeah, that's... that's I that's couldn't help but do something about it. Oh, the 80s. You know what? I'll say it. I, for one, am glad some shit, some shit isn't acceptable anymore, like the faggy. However, Bunny's hot pink leotard, I'd be okay if that were still a thing. <laughs> it's eh? coming back. It's coming back. I don't think it's ever actually left. Uh, but she's walking around like... Uh, and we I'm never sure, talked sure. about her, her outfit at the college with the pink cowboy boots. Yeah. And the, oh, jeez. I think the kids are saying homo these days. I think homos come back. Is that bad? I think so. Because forever there was the no homo thing, which really I no yeah that's what I, I think that's what I was reading. Yeah, I think that's gone. They got rid of that. Went too fast. Uh, all right, I just learned about it. Yeah, <laughs> you're like two years behind. Nobody says that anymore. <laughs> that was a great. That was a great uh, quote I heard on uh, about old people in music. They were like. Look, just because you heard it on NPR and it's the first time you heard it on NPR doesn't mean that that's the first time that band's been around. It's like it's kind of like old people get latching onto Arcade Fire because they heard it on NPR. Oh, I wish Arcade Fire went the way of Bunny's theatrical career. <laughs> Arcade Fire. Was good, you can see what Kate thinks of Arcade Fire in our uh, short movie Hipster on YouTube. There you go. Seek it yeah. out if you can find it. You can search for Tuesday Night Scar Club Hipster. It won't be there. You can search for Predator's Poop Hipster. It won't be there. It's they, like Google said They no. have literally done everything they can to make the It's a conspiracy. They don't want you to see this film, folks. I'm actually kind of thinking that's true. And I'm not I'm not that dumb when it comes to SEO and search. I, I mean, we, we, we loaded this thing up tags-wise. I, I don't blame Arcade Fire. I blame Bon Iver. I think Bon Iver's behind this. 
Come on, sweet love, let me in. He didn't, he didn't get the gist of the joke. He didn't get the spoof. He didn't get that aspect of it. He tanked it. I think he was threatened by my talent. On set, Tut was given vocal counseling by Jeffrey Epstein. Google it. That's still a great scene. It is. <laughs> well, the boat's rudder suddenly gets caught in the shallow river's tall grass. So Dr. Hunt and Jim, the two team members not wearing swimsuits, Bunny's in the suit with a bikini, but they get in the, they jump in the water in their safari suits. They jump out to pull the boat to deeper waters. Hey, Shannon Tweed in a wet anthropologist shirt. I'll take it. Here we go. Yeah. Uh, I guess we, we have no choice. It's the best yeah. it's going to get. They take a break for lunch, and Dr. Hunt begins to crack. Because they're sitting there with a bowl of Fritos eating guacamole dip, and she just can't take it anymore. No more Fritos dipped in guacamole. No more avocados. I need some meat, damn it. But not a burger or a steak. She's looking at Jim, thinking about eating him. What? That came out of nowhere. She, like, snaps. Oh, yeah. The piranha women are using mind control tactics, similar to what CIA used at Roswell in 1947, convinced the citizens that nothing happened when, in fact, a large spacecraft shaped like Michelle Obama's ding-dong crashed into the desert, unleashing genetically, genetically enhanced chemtrails, which would help create the first known cases of transvestite lizard people. Six years later, Google at Infowars.com, promo code TNCC20. As Jim uses this opportunity to taunt Dr. Hunt, calling out her <laughs> equality bullshit as insincere mumbo-jumbo, it's clear now all feminists want is to consume men. Literally, they want to eat us. Margot pulls out her knife, Dr. Hunt, and starts chasing him down. He climbs up a tree, and Bunny finally talks Dr. Hunt into calming down. It's this jungle, Dr. Hunt says. It's making me crazy. It's this damn jungle. The deeper we go, I think we should head home. But Jim points out it's too late for that. They're surrounded by piranha women. Uh-oh, they, they found them. They've been found. You know what I like to be surrounded by, Yax? What's that? What's that? That's right. Premium cigar smoke. Oh, yeah. There's no better smell in the world, is there? No, none. And nothing smells better than the smoke point off of Pappy Van Winkle's Family Reserve Barrel Fermented Cigar from Drew Estate. This unique stogie is a long filler premium cigar rolled in limited quantities at La Grande Fabrica Drew Estate in Esteli, Nicaragua. Deep barrel, deep barrel fermentation is the key process that makes this expression vastly different from anything else on the market. That's true. Hand-selected leaves from Kentucky are packed into small torquettes, which are then loaded strategically into oak bourbon barrels. Water is then added while mince pressure is applied to the torquettes via railroad jacks. The tobacco is removed two to three times per year, shaken out, then repacked. The total process of fermentation takes 12 to 18 months. Nobody else does that leaving a truly unique flavor profile and aroma. The Pappy Van Winkle's Family Reserve Barrel Fermented is now available at brick-and-mortar Drew Diplomat retailers everywhere. And they also made a pig format, but you got to go to the Pappy Van Winkle's uh, website to get that. I have not tried that. I haven't had that one either. I would like to try that. I would too. Maybe we know somebody. Maybe. Maybe we keep Pappy Van Winkle that. twins. Hit us up. Hey, the Pappy Van Winkle twins are actually Want to ride people. in my Corvette? <laughs> she totally used that on the Pappy twins. Security. Hey, hot babies. Security. <laughs> JD, what the fuck you doing? Oh, 
Todd asked if you really have a Corvette. It's a down Todd. <laughs> it was just eight words. Who invited this guy? God. Yeah. Yaks. All right, it was me. You're Facebook friends, aren't you? We are. Yeah. <laughs> it was just one night. He could deny the Facebook request. I was drunk. Hey, what happens if Fogo de Chow stays at Fogo de Chow? That wasn't land meat. That wasn't land meat at all. I agree, by the way. The stout goes really, really well with the cigar. It does. Uh, it brings a hell of a lot more chocolate out of the cigar. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. Um, man, god damn, it's a good cigar. It is. It is. Um, Unibrew kind of beats it up. Unibrew's, it's kind of like... It's kind of like you've got a, a a pretty good football team, and you're you're you got a decent offense, okay. and you're doing okay, and it's like okay, we're gonna drop Tom Brady and your quarterback, who was our previous quarterback, uh, some asshole that nobody's ever heard of. Here's Tom Brady. He's gonna do some things. The greatest of all time. Unibrew. I mean, you got to be a special cigar to even show up to play with Unibrew. You can't taste the cigar now, probably. No, it's it's just... It's a little bit different. Uh, the initial taste, like... And I, it, it's a little bit weird when you start beer hopping, because now you got a lot of flavors on your palate, and I haven't been clearing my palate with seltzer water. I've just been going straight through this stuff. Uh, the first initial taste off the Unibrew, that was a little bit of a toasted cinnamon. A toasted Saigon cinnamon, if you will. It was actually kind of flavorful. But... <laughs> but Tell that, us about the Heather honey. That that went away really quickly. Saigon cinnamon, really. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Dude, it's dude, a little bit toasted. We got a new nickname for Tut. He's not sweet raisin anymore. He's Saigon cinnamon. Saigon cinnamon. So anyway, I, I stand by it. Gary Goldberg Productions presents Saigon Saigon Cinnamon in <laughs> Saigon Cinnamon. What the hell is Saigon Cinnamon? It's a spice. You can find it at HEB or your local grocer. Okay. okay. I have no knowledge to refute it. I can't either. We're just going to have to give him that one. Okay. Uh, would, are you ready for a price point on this bad boy? Yeah, because I'm, yes. I'm burning through the bands. I am burning through the last two leads. I've got the vine still uh, burning. Not that far ahead of you. Um, but yeah, let's talk price point. Yeah, boy. This. Baronka tobacco. Baronka donk tobacco. Baronka donk tobacco. Six weeks upriver in a canoe. Harvested with the Kubota tractor. Weeks. Case tractor takes it to the canoe. The tribal members with broken legs to keep them subservient to the ladies row six weeks upstream just to get it to the American gringos at the factory. Oh, this is a tough one. Yeah, nobody else is doing... And dude, just the presentation alone. Come on. What do you, I mean, what do you get? Come on. I'm going to go 13. Man, 13. That's a, good, that's a good guess. And I don't remember what it was, so I'm, I'm going to... That's a good guess. Yeah, 13. 13 sounds right. 
one size once once every two years. I'm out of here. I think one size once every two years. Maybe they come out with this. Good, good. That's a yeah. solid guess. Tut. Construction has been absolutely phenomenal. I know. I Smoke know. Smoke production, the burn. Flavors, cocoa, mineral, nine, spice. Nine, nine. I'm going to pray. Nine, ninety, nine. That's what I want this to be. It's not. Thirteen fifty. I'll tell you why it's not. Because you flip it upside down. That's six, six, six. The devil's number. All right, I'll change it to thirteen fifty. Let me do my math. I think it's actually right in the middle. Ten ninety nine. You son of. A That's good. It's literally right in the middle. You That's guys. That's good. Is it? Ten ninety nine for this bad boy. And get this. Famous Smoke Shop, our sponsor, currently has boxes of them on sale for one ninety seven ninety nine bucks twenty. If you apply promo code TNCC twenty, that knocks twenty dollars off, bringing it down to eight eighty nine a stick. That's crazy. That's good. That's good. That's over a dollar less. And right now they're also giving away bonus gifts with the box purchase of a CAO, like CAO five packs for free. Or a very cool CAO letter. Mm. Head over to FamousSmokeShop.com and get in on that shit. If you like the way we describe the cigar. Which, how could you not? It Milk, is, chocolate, earth, it's good. mineral, it is really, leather. Really good. A consistent, really nice, but not objectionable spice on the retro hell. It's just there when you want it. Pairs with a really good stout or a, just a dark lager. We start off the... Fucking year with a great cigar. I like the hell out of this one. Absolutely. I do too. I really do. Price points very legit. I agree. I'd love to see it at nine ninety nine, but uh, I'm a cheap bastard. Yeah. Ten ninety nine is not bad, man. <laughs> no, it's not. And with TNCC twenty, it's eight eighty nine. Yeah, come on. Okay. Well, back to the movie. Uh. Dr. Hunt, seeing them surrounded by the Prana women, she's not scared. She knows she possesses the one thing that all feminists worldwide respect, whether modern big city ladies or jungle cannibal ladies. Hit me with it. Her NOW membership card. Yax, what does NOW stand for? National Organization of Women. The National Organization of Women. You don't get more feminist than NOW. Touch, show us your card. Uh, I lost it. Once I started... I so tore it up after The Last Jedi. No, they they saw a couple of episodes of Tuesday Night Star Club <laughs> and they revoked it. We all make sacrifices, right? Get this. It seems to work, I guess. As the natives don't kill her, they're very trigger-happy with those arrows. And that native on the left? Oh. Holy smokes. They're not topless, but they're all beautiful. Yes, they are. Well, she doesn't understand their native language when she asks them uh, questions. When she says, take me to Dr. Kurtz, they seem to comprehend uh-huh. her request. So our team begins following the barely clothed beauties out of the jungle, or further into the jungle. Bunny, I like your outfits. She's so positive. She's very positive. They're led to She's the always s- there for the moment. They're yes. led to the secret temple of the Piranha Women, which is a huge, impressive structure. That was probably just an old water treatment plant, right? It actually it- looks kind of modern. I thought it looked like a, a sewage, Wait a like second. a big city sewage street. I thought it looked like some modern abstract 
Is yeah. that the castle from Sorceress? <laughs> no, it wasn't. Oh, shame. Should be. Kind of looked like the house that uh, Mel Gibson tore down in a. Oh, no, no, no. I thought it looked like a water supply treatment. It thing. probably was. The water supply for all Southern California has obviously been infused with avocado toxins by the Piranha women to help them overrun the local governments and wipe all conservative voting white males from the face of the planet. It's not the Russians interfering, folks. It's the cannibal women. Jeffrey Epstein knew about it. He was informed of the plan at a human baby sacrifice held in the basement of a pizza hut in Sandesco, Ohio, back in 1991. Google it. The funny thing is that that sounds legit. It sounds like something Risty would post. (laughs) (laughs) Love you, Risty. But it is something you would post. Come on. With love... with, with, with love and peace. <laughs> At the temple, they're greeted by Dr. Francine. Those motherfuckers! I'm gonna cryptocurrency their ass. <laughs> they're greeted by Dr. Francine Kurtz. She's alive. Alive. Yes. And she has one of those cute outfits on. Yes, she does. Bunny. That's Bunny. And who's she played by? And who exactly is portraying Dr. Kurtz? That's right, lovers. The one and only true goddess of the silver screen, the world's most perfect woman from top. And what a top it is, baby. Oh. To the bottom. And not a bad bottom at all. Oh, yeah, lovers. It's the beautiful, the breathtaking Adrian Barbo. Oh, uh, baby. Yeah. yeah. Adrian fucking, fucking Barbo. How do you make this movie better? I don't know. Drop in Adrian Barbo. <laughs> oh, just when this movie couldn't possibly get more impressive. Adrian fucking Barbeau pops up. Literally, she's popping out of this little jungle dress <laughs> she put her in. Just, ah, it, you guys cry a little bit? I did. I can't believe as an Adrian Barbeau fanatic, a diehard, that you haven't I seen, had seen this movie. I didn't know about this movie. Shannon Tweed, Adrian Barbeau. Yes. Didn't know about it. And a hairy-chested Bill Maher with gold chains. How did I not know about this? <laughs> Dr. Kurtz informs her former colleague, Dr. Hunt, that the women have christened her Supreme, em- Supreme Empress of the Avocado Jungle, baby. I'm their new ruler. Dr. Hunt doesn't like the sound of that word, Empress. Mm. It sounds like you're better than other women, and I don't like that. That's not what now stands for. But Kurtz isn't here to study the Piranha women. She's here to lead them. As she says, the future of feminism lies here in this temple. Kurtz knew that the avocado board would send someone after her, but she never suspected it would be another feminist. It turns out Kurtz is the one responsible for taking out the military. They invaded her jungle sanctuary, so they had to die. And she adds, and they were pretty delicious, too. She ate all those soldiers with guacamole dip. How did they shoot down the air... There's their cover. Did you see that giant green beach ball they had? A, it, was, it was a surface-to-air arrows. Surface-to-air beach surface balls. Surface-to-air beach ball. My beach balls are impressive, baby. <laughs> yes, they yes, are. They are. <laughs> that should be Bill Maher. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> That's right. If we could just see him reach hey, we just backpack, made your script pull better. out another cold beer. like. <laughs> Not that the script needed much improvement. No, it didn't. Dr. Hunt tells Kurtz that she's unsure. Dude, this is great. Dr. Hunt tells Kurtz 
She's unsure of the academic guidelines at Radcliffe University, but she's certain that Kurtz's former employer would certainly look at declaring war on the United States and eating prisoners of war a serious breach of ethics. Come on, dude. That's good stuff. It is. Why do I think my alma mater of Sam Houston State would have been okay with that? (laughs) It's fine by us. Guess what, alumni? Dan Rather is no longer our most famous graduate. Let's give a big homecoming welcome to the cannibal queen herself, Dr. Francine Kurtz. Well, the two people that I gathered. The, the homecoming ceremony. You're being generous. <laughs> <laughs> I went to that homecoming game. It, it <laughs> hey, if you can't make fun of your alma mater, what can you do? Kurtz goes on to say that this is a full-out war, baby. Men versus women. Anything short of cannibalism, you're just beating around the bush. Sweet, sweet bush. <laughs> Rose McGowan's coming for you, pal. And wait, she's not done. Kurtz also tells Dr. Hunt the military story about there being an avocado shortage. That's bullshit. She was fed the same story two years ago. In fact, there's so many surplus avocados, they're having to dump them by the truckload into the Santa Monica Pier. That doesn't add up. Why why would they be dumping them into the ocean? I'll tell you why. They're dumping avocados into the ocean. Infowars.com, you can see why exactly they're dumping the avocados and the, they're making table side guac on the Santa Monica Pier. They're feeding it to the platypus, the porpoises, the dolphins. They're becoming humanized. <laughs> I saw a baby seal slapped upside the head by Michelle Obama's ding dong. No, guys. The reason they sent Dr. Hunt in to negotiate. Was to lure the piranha, the piranha woman out to the outside world because they can't stand the thought of an army of strong women to exist and possibly influence the mass public. We're too strong and we're all women. They hate that idea. They can't stand the thought of us. Oh, and what are those luxury condominiums at Malibu States the tribe was promised? Get this. Kurtz tells Hunt what she wasn't made aware of was thousands of subscriptions to Cosmopolitan Cosmopolitan magazine are headed to Malibu States right now as well as a team of Mary Kay cosmetic representatives they're going to turn those fierce warrior princesses into housewives that's what the government wants this is their secret plan cultural assimilation to take out the piranha women even Dr. Hunt doesn't like the sound of that, so Kurt seizes the opportunity to persuade Margot to join the Piranha Women. But the good doctor can't do it. She just can't give up hope that there will one day be equality between the sexes. Kurtz quickly senses them all to die, which Dr. Hunt says, Then kill us now! Because I'd rather die than compromise my ethical standards. Hey, hey, hey. Jim begs her, Hey, baby! Hey, hey. Let's compromise those standards. I like living. Hey. But no. She's she's steadfast. There's a moment when Dr. Hunt pulls out her giant three fifty seven pistol and threatens to kill Kurtz, but the mad woman knows you wouldn't shoot another femis- feminist, let alone another anthropologist. <laughs> I just want to see Pierce Brosnan over there like <laughs> with his hot dog. <laughs> with his hot dog in his crotch. Oh, they wouldn't go for that. <laughs> 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 
Guys, go back and watch our Nomads episode. Or go search our YouTube channel for Nomads Crotch Hot Dog Shot. It'll all make sense, I promise. Maybe. We were drinking a lot then, too. It won't, but it'll be funny as hell. Uh, But Kurtz is right. As Dr. Hunt gives up the gun, she's got till dawn to reconsider joining the piranha women, or she'll be fed to the actual killer piranhas they keep in a little pit there. Uh, That night, while Jim is marinating like a flank steak in his suite, Dr. Hunt and Bonnie are fed and spoiled by their muscular manservants who will serve as their sacrifices the following day. You see, the piranha women force their male slaves to work out with weights because it makes their meat more flavorful for the eating. So I guess, Yaks, you and I would be okay. If yeah. Sorry, Doug. No, that's fine. That's fine. If I'm <laughs> ever surrounded by piranha women, I'm going to point to you guys. We're like Wagyu. <laughs> Tut steakums. I'm like Brookshire Brothers steak. <laughs> Looks kind of like steak. Yeah. Hey, don't bust up my Brookshire Brothers. <laughs> it's called meat glue. Impossible meat. <laughs> Early. It's not actual meat, folks. It's processed Michelle Obama's penis. We've seen it a million times. Go to my website. Early the next morning. Shut up, Alex Jones. Early next morning, Dr. Hunt is fitted into a tight jungle leaf bikini. Hey. That's something. So that's kind of cool. She's led out to the sacrificial altar where her manservant, Jean-Pierre, who Cody referenced two hours ago, uh, is tied up and ready to be butchered. When Kurtz asks for her final decision, Dr. Hunt boldly declares, I refuse to take another human life in cold blood. However... In deference to your cultural traditions, I will be willing to have sex with this muscle-bound stud. Yeah, you will. <laughs> That's sexist, right? It is. 100%. It's How's natural. that for ethics? It's natural. She's trying to compromise here. I think she's buying time. Could be. You can have, have a lot worse time than having fun with Jean-Pierre, am I right, Todd? Todd? <laughs> Even Todd agrees with that one. Todd's giving you a thumbs up. Hey. <laughs> Uh, but Kurt shuts that down fast. Forget it. No deal. You want your cake? You're gonna have to eat it too. I kind of like that That's line. A great line. It is like best that. line in the movie. Uh, Kurtz orders her to be thrown in the live piranha pit, and Doctor Hunt appeals to her as a fellow member of the National Academy of Applied Sciences. Please release me, my friends. Talk about last ditch effort. They're like they're some cheesy college group. Together. I love that. I hope it, I was hoping it wouldn't come to this. As a fellow me- member of the National Academy of Applied Sciences, you have to release me. How dare you pull that card? I, I was waiting for Kurtz to be like, God damn it. I'm bound by the National Applied Sciences <laughs> rule. When I joined the National Academy of Applied Sciences, baby, I never thought this day would come. Release them. <laughs> <laughs> no, of course not. Just, it's a hard no. And well, that was worth trying, I guess. <laughs> I keep my word. <laughs> <coughs> Just then, as they're dragging Dr. Hunt away, Bunny speaks up and says she'd like to join the Piranha Women. Are you willing to partake in the ultimate sacrifice? Kurtz asks her. If you mean having sex with a guy and then eating him, sure, I've done weirder shit at frat parties. Bunny says. Oh, sweet Bunny. 
Kurtz wasn't on board with Bunny, but she's like, all right. <laughs> so Kurtz, not, not the answer I was expecting. But you know what? Hey, <laughs> Kurtz does throw. We her, want to build up our ranks. Kurtz throws her a curveball and says, "You have to kill Jim instead." Ooh. Uh, John Pierre's off the hook, apparently. But Bunny is surprisingly okay with that. Okay. <laughs> oh, you, Jim. Oh, I just, you made a mistake. <laughs> I know Bunny's character. You'll never break her spirit. No, I'll eat you. It's it's fine. <laughs> okay. Uh, Again, that's one of those things that the, the timing... I mean, yeah. you know, even as Bunny, she's playing this ditzy, dingbat character. But her timing as an actress is just... Spot on. It really All is. of them are. Yeah, it, no, every single one of them. Uh, suddenly, Jean-Pierre breaks free from his chains on the sacrificial art, altar, and he grabs Dr. Hunt and they run off as chaos breaks out in the temple. Interesting trivia about Jean-Pierre. Okay. He went on to play... His name's Brett Steinle. He went on to play JFK in several movies like Transformers, Dark Side of the Moon, and Watchmen. He became a JFK lookalike. There you go. I don't remember. I I I tried to forget Dark Side of the Moon, and then uh, I don't remember in the Watchmen. They keep making this move. No, no, no. I don't watch. You said you watched it. No, that was a friend of mine. A friend of yours watched it. That's why you couldn't remember him from it. I don't. I don't watch. I watch. It's all for my friends. Transformers yeah. 2 was the last one I okay. watched. Did you watch Watchmen? Yes, but I don't remember him. Okay, he was JFK. Anyway, I just thought that was interesting. We get treated to a foot chase now where the tribe women shoot arrows at Shannon Tweed's boobs as they bounce their way through the jungle. Finally, some bouncing around that's not avocados. Oh, they're avocados. Oh, they're big, big avocados, baby. Big, avocados. Big avocados with very minimal pits. I'm like, oh, there's one scene where the piranha woman shoots this bow and arrow, and it just, it looks like someone just kind of threw, half-assed through this arrow. It just, definitely wasn't shot from a bow. Like, oh. And what's funny is that they, the camera cuts back up to the warrior who shot it, and you just see this, oh, darn. <laughs> and that was it. She was like, all right, I guess you get away. They were so hardcore in the only scene, they are kind of lackluster in this. Uh, <laughs> uh, can you guys talk about something while I light my cigar again? By the way, yeah. join us on uh, YouTube at Tuesday Night Cigar Club. Uh, you can join us on Facebook, Tuesday Night Cigar Club. Hit us up on Twitter, TNCC underscore podcast. By the way, uh, if you're going to do some shopping, uh, I don't know, you're trying to save some money, go to Amazon because there's a lot of cheap shit on Amazon. So uh, go to the Tuesday Night Cigar Club website, click on the Amazon banner, do your shopping from there. Gives us a little kickback. doesn't cost you anything. We just get a little bit of uh, royalties off of that. And it helps us to... Keep these wonderful lights on. Thank you, Tut. I got my scarlet. Perfect timing. Back at the temple, Jim has been lowered into a giant boiling pot filled with carrots and spices. But he's an idiot like us, so he thinks it's a hot tub, and the finally, finally, some of these broads know how to treat a man. This was straight out of Looney Tunes, where Jim's sitting oh, in the no. bat, and they're cutting no, the no, carrots it, up it, it in front totally of him. gets Looney Tunes in a minute. As they scrub his body and keep stirring the pot... Which smells fabulous, he says. This would make a great soup broth. (laughs) He tells the girls he gets it. You guys were all probably children of divorce who smoked a little too much grass in high school, and that's what led you to this extreme lifestyle. That's called mansplaining. It is totally mansplaining, and I loved it. 
30 years before mansplaining was a thing. Oh, it's always been there. Yeah, it's always been there. But but he was totally mansplaining these girls. But eventually, (laughs) as they keep adding ingredients to your Looney Tunes thing, he grabs a carrot out of it. What's up, Doc? What's up, Doc? He wises up to realize, finally, because he's an idiot like us, he's literally the soup for their dinner, and he starts freaking out. It was a funny scene. It was a very funny scene. Dr. Hunt is rescued from her escape from the temple by the Barracuda women, the sworn enemies of the Piranha women. They figure that if she's running away from the Piranha women, she must be a friend of theirs. Okay, makes sense. Makes sense. Uh-huh. Anybody fleeing from my enemy must be my friend. That's right. Turns out they the Barracuda women broke free of the Piranha women thousands of years ago over ideological differences. That perks up Hunt's ears. She loves stuff like that. Which Dr. Hunt, as a famed anthropologist, surely understands. Until that is, she learns what those differences are. What are those differences? Glad you asked, Tut. The Piranha women like to eat their men with guacamole dip, while the Barracuda women prefer clam dip. What the fuck is clam dip? I've never had clam dip, so I'm going to side with the Piranha women on this, even though I don't like avocado dip. I'm pretty sure I like guacamole better than clam dip. Clam dip sounds northeastern. I think I just found our quote for the front of the show. (laughs) What the fuck is clam dip? (laughs) What the hell eats clam? That sounds terrible. It sounds terrible. Would you ever dip a chip in clam dip? Yes. You like clams? No. You like clam chowder? But I, 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 I need to try it first. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, all right. I, I'm not trying anything with clams. No, I try it first. What the fuck is a clam? Well, it's you like try. the shell thing with a pearl in it. I think so. Yes. Yeah. No, that's an oyster. What's a clam? A clam is a smooth shell. Oysters have like bumpy shells. Ridge shell. And clams are smooth. You it's eat, still a muscle. You eat the meat out of it. Yes. The muscle. Ugh. Have you ever had clam meat? Yes. Clam chowder? Yes. I've had clam chowder. Did you chowder. like it? I did not like it. Have you not had clam chowder? No, I'm not eating that stuff. I don't like it. Yeah. It sounds gross. Oh, I love clam chowder. Really? It's fantastic. Yeah. I went to a seafood restaurant, a pretty fancy place last weekend, and uh, the two soups available were clam chowder and lobster bisque. I had the lasagna. <laughs> good choice. Good choice. Good choice. No, I had lobster bisque. It was really good. Okay. Um... But that's their differences. The Barracuda women prefer clam dip with their human flesh as opposed to guacamole. That infuriates Shannon Tweed. Why must women always fight each other over these petty differences? Men can at least always agree on football and beer. Not a bad point. She's exasperated. Well, She's mad as hell and she's not going to take anymore. She tells the Barracuda woman they're going to go back to the temple and put an end to Kurtz's reign of terror once and for all. You didn't like that? No, I actually did. I, I kind of thought that that was kind of poignant. That was fun. Women do tend... I might need a lawyer here. <laughs> you do. I think we all do at this point. Men can always find some common ground. You put men in a room, they're going to find a cigar lounge. or what. You're going to find something common to talk about. Well, what's and funny, usually it's football. Well, what's funny is that even if you disagree on the football teams, you agree that you like football. And you can come around that. Even if you disagree on what kind of beer you I, drink, I thought it was kind of a kind poignant of statement. Like we can't. I well, mean, no, that's a, that's always been a three thousand uh, years, and it's over dip. That's always been a, a kind of stereotypical 
you know, uh, criticism of women empowerment movements is that factionism comes big time into it. Yeah. I think there was some truth in that. Do I need a lawyer? I think you might need a lawyer now. I think I do. That night, a very sexy bunny dressed in her jungle leaf bikini drinks from Kurtz's chalice containing the elixir of the Parada women. Speaking of powerful elixirs, folks, my new supercharged Survival Shield X2 booster supplement drink will give you all the protection you need against Barracuda people, Agent Orange, and Michelle Obama's penis particles, which you've been eating every day in your cocoa and fruity pebbles, is a fact. Barney Rubble traveled no less than three times on Jeffrey Epstein's private jet. We know damn well what he was doing up there. Google it. Infowars.com, promo code TSAZ20. That's him. I don't know if Barney Rubble was ever on Jeffrey Epstein's private jet, and I certainly don't know what he did up there. I am going to take a break from bashing Alex Jones, and more importantly... Bashing our listeners who might actually believe Alex Jones. I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna get on you for that. Patriots for this one time, because I want above all things for you to go to Infowars.com Put and in. enter promo code TNCC20 because I want that marketing director to go. What the fuck? Do it. Get two bottles of Survival Shield X2 booster supplement drink. It's got amino acids. It's got a lot of things that are going to keep you safe in your shelters when the spaceships come down. They're shaped like Michelle Obama's wiener. I, uh, the people in Roswell saw it back in 1947. People in Arizona in 1996 saw it again. San Bernardino, same thing. It's out there. It's a giant dong-shaped ship. It's going to get you. It's going to capture you unless you're drinking Super Shield X2 <laughs> Booster. It's going to keep you safe, folks. Promo code TNCZ20 InfoWars.com. By the way, I want to uh, send a shout out to my uh, favorite. Uh, <laughs> Why do you go for that? I want to give a shout out to. Uh, I want to send a shout out to my favorite YouTube comment of the last week. Uh, it was. Uh, I don't remember the dude's name, but he watched our. Uh, Beach Babes episode, and he said this was an entire waste of time! Exclamation point! 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 To you, sir, I say, yes, it is. He's a crisis actor posting on YouTube. He's a plant of the left wing, deep state right. I know that's conflicting, right, left. I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. All I know is, more than likely, that YouTube poster was Michelle Obama's penis. It's gained little tiny arms at the side of the penis. It can type on a keyboard. It's typing comments. It's out of control. If we don't stop it now, like Independence Day, we got to fly a mother sh- into the mothership, blow the penis to shreds. If you can't... Get on board with that. You can at least buy Super Shield Survival X2 Booster Supplement Drink. Promo code TNCC20. Is there any chance Jeffrey Epstein posted that comment on YouTube? No. Can we blame that on him? Anything we don't like, can we just blame on Jeffrey Epstein? Or Hillary Clinton. That's big these days. It's been big for a while. Oh, okay. No, he was. Epstein was too busy not killing himself. 
Before he killed himself, Hillary held a gun to his head, made him make some negative comments on the Tuesday Night Cigar Club's YouTube page. <laughs> Google it. There's footage of him in his cell telling us we're a bunch of fatsos that drink nothing but cheap beer, don't know a damn thing about cigars. It's all bullshit. So when Bunny straddles Jim to kill him on the sacrificial altar, she starts kissing him madly. Oh, here we go. This is Finally the Bill Maher sex scene that we didn't want to see. I would have much rather the tongues were with her and Shannon Tweed in the tent, but we get it with her and Bill Maher. Uh, adios boners. Uh, agreed, Todd? Even he's on board with that one. Uh, she tells Kurtz, I can't do it. I love him. Well, that's that's kind of sweet. Uh, Kurtz orders them both to be thrown in the pit full of killer piranha. But luckily, Dr. Hunt and the Barracuda women show up just in the nick of time. Dr. Hunt challenges the Empress to a fight for control of the avocado jungle. And according to the piranha women's bylaws, Kurtz has to accept the challenge. First, they fight with battle axes. (laughs) Then with fencing swords. And while they're dueling, Dr. Hunt tells Kurtz that she knows why Francine is really here as she snooped around and found her secret notebooks. Kurtz doesn't care at all about the Piranha Woman one bit. She's writing a book, My Life as a Piranha Woman, to get back on the talk show circuit. You're no better than the chauvinist who sent us here, Dr. Hunt tells her, as she swiftly knocks the sword from Kurtz's hand. You exploit the Piranha Woman for your own advancement. And just then, Dr. Hunt's sword, she leans kind of forward and it stabs Kurtz right in the chest. Like that's going to kill her. Yeah. They Barbeau. She could take a jousting sword in the chest and be fine. As she lays there dying on the ground, she tells Hunt, You'll never understand why I did it. You don't know what it was like being the token feminist on the talk show circuit, the butt of every bra burning joke. Can you imagine how much gasoline it would take to burn one of Adrian Barbeau's bras? My God, the amount of gasoline. <laughs> That's global warming right there. That's what's responsible for global warming. Don't listen to the news, folks. Look at the facts. Adrian Barbeau burned a bra in 1976, Santa Monica College. It's proven fact. Opened up a hole in the ozone the size of a Chrysler. Uh, she also says, You try explaining male insensitivity to David Letterman. <laughs> the whore. The, the horror. horror! And with that, she pushes herself headfirst into the pit of piranhas, and uh, she's dead. I love that second, the horror. Well, speaking of that, if you hadn't pieced it together by now, Kurtz was obviously a spoof of Apocalypse's Now, Colonel Kurtz, played by Marlon Brando. Yes. Assimilating into the tribe, Lane La- That's The only thing missing was the water going over her vicious perm. Yeah, her tuttle, her tuttle hair. Her tuttle hair. Her tuttle throw. <laughs> the next morning, the tribes have been reunited. Get this. Just like that, with Kurt's gone, the tribes have been reunited as one. Barracuda women and piranha women are together again. Which, by the way, I saw with the piranha women. First of all, guacamole is a way better dip than... I don't like guacamole, but my God, it's superior to clam dip. Not to mention, the Barracuda women, they looked a little bit malnourished. They had no titties. Yeah, they were all skinny malnourished. 
I told you, I walk into a party and they're like, there's the clam dip. And I'm like, but do you know what, but do you, see you next year. But do you know what clam dip is? No. Nobody it's, does. It's, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> you don't know what it is until you try it. Well, I think that's why the Barracuda women were regulated to live out in the woods while the the avocado, the, the, the piranha women had a huge temple because obviously guacamole is superior. Yes, it's the good fat. Well, Tell me one white woman that doesn't like guacamole. I don't think I have met No, that. they love it. Yeah. They love it. Um, at Dr. Hunt's suggestion, they will consider the way they view men as possibly something other than foodstuffs. They will talk it at their next, next bi-weekly meeting that yeah. the, they have. They might stop eating dudes. We'll see. I like that they didn't. They didn't agree to it. No, we'll, just, we'll, we'll talk, we'll it talk over. about it. Talk it over. As they leave the temple, Doctor Hunt gives in to Jim and lets him carry the gun for once, so he'll look cool in front of all the chicks. He's like, "Come on, you drove the jeep. Just I kind of like that. Just let me have this. <laughs> just give me something." And it, dude, he takes like three steps and it bam shoots off. When they emerge from the avocado jungle, Doctor Hunt heads straight to Malibu Estates. Where Maddox and a shirtless Colonel Mattel, this guy's eye patch, no shirt, and his fatigues on. They're smoking Swisher Sweets, drinking beers, talking about how this is going to be the greatest plan ever. It's nothing could possibly go wrong. Until Dr. Hunt shows up, she tells the brutes that Kurtz is dead, and the U.S. government is going to make a generous donation to the college's feminine studies program. Otherwise, she'll go on David Letterman herself and tell him all about their failed military operations and all the money they pumped into Operation Malibu Estates, including all those useless Cosmopolitan subscriptions you subscribe to. What? You wouldn't dare. Oh, yes, she would. She heads back then to the university where she gives Bunny and Jim her so-so lukewarm blessing to get married. But I won't be able to be your A-plus student. I won't be able to become a, a leading pioneer in feminism. Bunny, some women are just cut out to be... Yeah, just go ahead. Mary Jim. There you go. But I'm your favorite student. There'll be other students. And then, in, comes her, in walks into her office her newest foreign exchange student, John Pierre, and they start making out like crazy. The end. Happy endings for everybody. Yay! Not you, Todd. Stay over there. Can y'all believe we made it all the way through this movie without some character exclaiming, Wait a minute, those aren't avocados. How did they leave that line out? I don't know. Seems like a major missed opportunity. I'm sure it was in there, but they were like, You know what? We've only got so much time. Film is expensive. Director's cut. Director's cut. Well, it's worth noting that this is our second. I didn't research it. We've done 109 of these things. Maybe our third Shannon Tweed movie featured on the podcast. And in neither of yeah. them did we see her boobs. The chick who takes off her boobs and or shows her boobs in every movie, we've featured her at least in two profile high-profile movies, and we never saw her boobs. So I guess that sort of makes us progressive feminists, am I right? Yeah, we'll go with that. I guess so.
somewhere right now, Rose McGowan's doing a slow clap. <laughs> I'd like to think so. We're heroes. We bring all the tribes, much like Shannon Tweed. We bring all the tribes together. We bring everybody together. together. They like know it. they can trust like us. It. They know that we're fair, we're equal. Well, they just know what they're getting. Yeah, come on. <laughs> Uh, the writer-director of tonight's film reteamed with Bill Maher two years later in the film The Pizza Man, where Maher plays a pizza delivery boy who faces off against the bad guy who is a Donald Trump-inspired character. The guy looks and talks just, and he's named Donald, and he looks just like that, which ends in a scene where Bill Maher blows up the Donald Trump guy. There's no trailer even available to me, but I watched that ending scene. <laughs> so there's a good chance we'll be slicing our way into that film later in the year. It's a okay. Pizza, it's a pizza, I like it. Pizza like reference. Mm. Stopping uh, of the excess pepperoni grease. Of cinema. <laughs> That's what we do. <laughs> That's we our byline. Sop up the pepperoni grease of cinema and bring it to you folks every <laughs> other week. Uh, I'll never be able to express to you all just how frustrating it was typing up tonight's show notes. You try misspelling the word avocado and piranha 3,000 fucking times. You did it tonight when you're trying to get that picture up. You're like, how do you spell avocado? Every time I spelled avocado or piranha, it was wrong. Did you hit the little squiggly line? Yes. Right? <laughs> I was damn I supposed to like ask you like, is this what you meant? Yeah. <laughs> I started to go Colonel Kurtz. I started to lose my marbles typing up these notes. But you know what? I do it to myself. I got no one else to blame. Um. Finally. Boom. Boys, I did not give you any avocados tonight, but I'm certainly sending you home as always with plenty of my tasty nuts to nibble in your mouths. Mm-hmm. Happy New Year. Enjoy. Cody's already ate and some. By the way, I really like this movie. Uh, I thought it was just very smartly written. I thought it was smartly written. It was a great written. script. And I, I'll admit I have not seen Pretty Woman. It just never was something that appealed to me. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed Under Siege. Yes. Um, I never saw Blank Man with Damon Wayans. But, my God, this was a, a, a smart, funny, and all the actors showed up and like executed it beautifully. That's why I want to see the Pizza Man with Bill Maher and the same director because, like, my God, this was funny. This was really entertaining. But not only that, I mean, it just it it had a lot of heart to it. Mm-hmm. It had a story and it had a message. Uh, I think that it, but it was one of those. They weren't afraid to play with that message and have fun with it. Exactly. And to bounce some opposing stuff to make it. You know what? Sometimes your message is right, but you can still look silly while you're doing it. Well, I mean, I mean, it poked fun at the macho male stereotype. It poked fun at the feminist stereotype. But at the same time, it was just, it was, you know, it was kind of like one, in that scene with the wimps when she was like, why is your masculinity threatened because these dudes choose to live this way? I mean, it was, it was a message that, you know, was 20 years at, 
ahead of its time, yeah. even though it was well, it was twenty years beyond our evolution. It was. I'm not going to say it was twenty years ahead of its time because it was a message that should have been taken at that time as well. Sure. It wasn't uh, ahead of the time as far as it's too soon for that. It was just before it broke out. Right. It was, yeah. Right. And I, I really appreciated that. You know, there's a lot of times where where I've struggled, you know, with the changing of the male persona and, you know, what it is like to be masculine and male. You know, there's I still hold that whole John Wayne masculinity as kind of like my model that I want to be, the the quiet, strong strong type but at the same time you know it was just this one thing of be comfortable with who you are and just just have fun with it i think ultimately it was a movie sounds pretentious and like not what this movie deserved i thought i think that this movie does deserve that no no, no. I, i i thought ultimately the message was of one patience with others tolerance and maybe a slow burn of changing people through experiences rather than hitting them over the head. Yeah. Um, which was so... In a slapstick comedy, like, who saw that coming? That's why I think it's so smartly written. Yeah, it really is. Um, I had no idea this was the movie we were getting ourselves into. I saw a picture of Shan Tweed and Aaron Barbeau in Jungle Bras. Come on, that opening scene where you got a bunch of topless women in the lake... No, he tricked us. The director tricked us, and I'm glad he did, because I ended up watching a movie that I said before I couldn't believe I'd never seen. Adrian Barbeau and Shan Tweed and Jungle Bras. How did I not see that? But he actually showed me, dude, there's not a lot of movies that parody slapstick on the level of the Jim Abrams or the Zucker Brothers or Pat Proft. Or the expert, you know, the, the guys who do this expertly, and he pulled it off, man. It was fucking really funny with dialogue, with physical comedy, and he all he got his little message in there. And like I said, I love the message was you can preach and teach and hit him over the head with it, but sometimes you have to let people just go through the motions and experience it moment by moment, and maybe they'll change on their own. That's what I got out of it. And fuck it. If avo- Cannibal Women in the Avocado Jungle of Death isn't a really progressive, funny fucking comedy that I cannot believe more people haven't seen. I can't believe we haven't seen it. Yeah. It boggles the mind. I just liked it. I liked I, it. Just I agree with Kate. Because I was... Yourself. You know, I said... You took all these different you know genres of movie you took all these various references and you say I'm going to have a it's like I'm going to deal with a subject which 1989 people were still struggling with but I'm going to take all these other things oh you want you want a movie with a message well can you imagine pe- I'm going to take the naked gun and I'm going to take your message and I'm going to shove them together. Can you picture pitching this? I mean, obviously he went to the right people at Guacamole Films. But can you imagine <laughs> pitching this to a studio like, all right, so Gary what? Gary so W. What? Goldstein turns down nothing. Dude, <laughs> interesting twist. I did some research. He actually is Harvey Weinstein. That's his alias. Oh, oh, no. oh no. Ironic. No, but listen. 
Can you imagine pitching this? Just like, look, I want to do a slapstick parody in the spirit of airplane, all that, but with a feminist professor going into a jungle full of avocados and cannibal women, and who the hell would make this movie? Nobody. But he wrote it and he found a way to make it, and the world is a better place for it. One day when they're old enough, I'm gonna have my daughters watch this movie. I think it's a fun movie. I think it's a fun movie. It, it it says that you can be a strong feminist professor, but it also says you know if you want to get married and have babies and have be a housewife, that's cool too. Guess what? They would have been toast if Bunny hadn't have thrown out that I want to. She she bought him time. The the dingus frat girl, you know, wearing a bikini. She made some right moves. The world needs many painters with many brushes. We need as many bunnies as we need Dr. Hunts. And it's cool if you want to be either one. Yeah. As long as you're putting on jungle bikinis or <laughs> pink leotards, <laughs> we welcome you. I I need a lawyer now, really. You do. At Not least two of them. Eyes. Uh, well, that concludes our deep dive into women's studies uh, <laughs> here on the Tuesday Night Cigar Club. Finally, we've done a, a, a show for the ladies. Okay. Dealing with the progressive topics of today from 1989. <laughs> it's a slippery slope. I love the fact that this is from 1989 slapstick comedy. It's that smart. Yeah. Good job, boys. We did it. Heroes. I'm going... I'm not going to throw out heroes willy-nilly, but I'll... I think that's right on this one. We are heroes. Because guess what, folks? You at home don't have to go to Tubi TV. You get to just listen to this, and you get the whole gist of it. And our witty, just insanely brilliant comedic commentary. If you rent this on Amazon, you have to listen to Elvira's commentary. I kind of want to watch... Yeah, I kind of want to see what she does. It's probably a lot better than what we do. She has fucking insane knockers. Yes, she does. I think the movie... And she's, and she's talented. I think the, the movie would be against that. We should we should have stopped a minute ago. I wouldn't have gotten in trouble. <laughs> I don't want to insult Elvira. Nobody does. No, nobody no, she's, does. She's an icon. She is. She is the queen of the night. She is the queen of the night. So, uh, Ted's already given you the link, so we have really nothing left to do but wish you all a good night. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you again. Happy 2020, man. Happy 2020. Get this. Our next show, episode 110, the doctor will be here, and that will be, get this, our fifth anniversary show. Our first episode dropped February 1st, 2015. Wow. Okay. So we are. Our next show will be our fifth anniversary show. You think I'm not going to turn the fucking shit over top for that one? How are we still alive? Are we still alive? I don't know. Did we, we die? Or no, we? no, that's why we need the doctor here. <laughs> My God, you guys should be dead. <laughs> My liver enzymes alone off the charts. Uh, so yeah, it's going to be a big episode, and we're going to have a lot of fun. That I can guarantee you. We always do. 
Uh, so, folks, tune in for that one. Thank you for joining us. Uh, thank you for J.C. Newman Cigar Company for joining us as a sponsor of the show. Welcome to the party, Welcome pal. Welcome to the party, pal. Um, oh, you sexy cigar company, you. Uh, and we'll see you next time. May the wings of liberty never lose a feather. Sign our motherfuckers. To learn more about the time I nearly got caught squeezing avocados at a now rally in Sacramento back in 1998. Wait a minute, those weren't avocados. Am I in some kind of trouble here? Look, maybe I should just talk to my lawyer. Again. Shit, Keith. But in the meantime, to learn more about the cigars and other libations enjoyed on tonight's episode, you can visit caocigars.com and shingubeer.com. And of course, that's Shingu with an X. For more on O'Brien's Irish Pub, the live music leader in Central Texas, please visit O'Brien'sTemple.com and download their free smartphone app, where you'll find full beer listings including over 40 on tap, menu information, and a calendar of upcoming live events. To listen and purchase music heard on tonight's program, check out www.fritzbeermusic.com. Thank you for listening to the Tuesday Night Cigar Club Podcast. This is Keith A. Howell saying until next time, friends, unless we see you sooner at the pub. So keep it smoky, and for God's sake, keep it ballsy as well. Sleep back.